Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1,266, What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Dream Rare Podcast. I'm here live with Dr. Shiva. Thanks for joining me, Shiva. Good. How are you doing, Anomaly? Long time. Hope you're well. Yeah. I think the last time we talked was either March or April 2020 during the lockdown, right? It was during the lockdowns when I had uh, you know, put, put myself out there and made a number of very, very important predictions on the uh, lockdowns on Fauci. Uh, in fact, I think it was a tweet I did in March 4, 2020, which went viral. It got like 40, 50,000 retweets. And you were one of the few independent podcasters you know, who reached out. Um, to talk about it. Rogan didn't do it. None of these other guys did it. You know what I call the grifter media, but you were one of the few who did that. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Thank you. Let's talk about the fire Fauci thing because you know, lockdowns and vaccines, et cetera, it's not everything, but at the same time, I feel like America was on the line, our economy, our freedom, our Liberty, unlike anything in this century. And I think people that were there and had insight should be listened to. And I think people like you should be you know, on podcasts around to explain how you saw the foresight instead of other people who are nowhere to be found. We'll talk about that later. But with the fire Fauci, a lot of people, even a lot of Trump supporters, conservatives at first, because Trump was on stage with them, were like, he seems like a reasonable guy. Fauci's a good guy. And you were one of the first ones I saw, to be honest, that was I was like, well, I know Shiva's telling the truth. I can see what he's saying. And he's saying Fauci sucks. How did you know Fauci was so bad? And, you know, how'd you get ahead of that? Well, Anomaly, it's like this. You're, uh, I think you're a musician, right? You, you also do music? I do hip-hop music, yeah. Right. So one of the things that's been forgotten, if you take it at a very broad level, is that um, you know it takes a lot of hard work to be, let's say, a carpenter, a good carpenter, a good plumber, a good electrician, or to do engineering. You know, When I came here when I was uh, seven years old, I was very, very dedicated to my craft. I knew that America had so much to offer that I studied my butt off, man. I mean, I was a good baseball player and soccer player. Um, but it takes a lot of effort to learn, let's say, mechanical engineering, electrical engineering. You have to do tons and tons of problems. And we live in a world right now that everyone thinks their opinion matters. They have lost any regard for someone who actually closes a room, sits down and studies something and learns. And I've been doing that all my life. You know, I didn't grow up in the Kennedy compound or I didn't have golden plated toilet seats like Trump did. Right. You're looking at someone who's the basic hardworking immigrant. No one ever gave me anything. You know, when we ran against Elizabeth Warren, this woman made up the fact that she was a Native American. So the reason I give you that background is I've put my time in no different than an Olympic athlete or no different than someone who hones their craft. So in 2019, if you go back to six months before when I called out Fauci, in fact, the first scientist to do that. Um, why was I able to do that? Because there's a reason I got four degrees from MIT. The reason I won all these awards, it wasn't they gave any of them to me. I didn't butt kiss anyone. In fact, I went against them. If you look at my history, I was always calling out MIT. So they had no reason to give me any of their awards. But what I did do is I worked my ass off. And one of the things that ass working off leads you to do is you get insights. You, in some ways, have a deep understanding of how the universe works. So in 2019, um, I don't know if you remember this, but I was invited to give, you know, the National Science Foundation, which is the scientific foundation on the engineering side, 
NIH is on the health side, I was invited to deliver the prestige lecture. And I only choose one scientist or engineer every year. And I was invited because I had discovered and I was doing lectures on the modern science of the immune system. Okay. So that background is important because my PhD is in a field called biological engineering. My PhD thesis is on the immune system. So I'm regarded as one of the leading guys on the immune system. And so as a part of that, what I knew was that the 1962 Kennedy Vaccination Act was just absolutely nonsense. And we have to put John F. Kennedy's 1962 Vaccination Act. And it was nonsense because the 1962 Vaccination Act was based on a 1915 model of the immune system. And I explained this to people, right? There was basically in the old model of the immune system. They said, okay, anomaly or my body has two boxes. One is called the innate immune system. When I sneeze on you, all these immune cells react to try to stop it. It's called like the first wall. And if that fails, then it goes to the second part of your immune system, which is the adaptive immune system, which creates antibodies. But that was it, man. That's all they knew. And, and the notion of a vaccine was that you would subvert the innate immune system and you would give a jab and it would create an antibody. Got it? You would short circuit this. But that was the basis of the 1962 Vaccination Act. And you have to re remind everyone, by 1962, 99% of measles was eradicated. So John Kennedy was a very reckless individual. You know, it's all bullshit, the Camelot. And we have to talk about that. But the Kennedys um, have a PR machine which can take, uh, you know, Charles Manson and make him Jesus Christ. This guy was an absolute fool, John F. Kennedy. And I say that because to, what are you talking about? He was Camelot. He got shot. No, the guy was a fool. Okay. He was reckless. And his father's the one who made him president. We can talk about that. But John F. Kennedy, another Kennedy, is the one who created the 1962 Vaccination Act based on this very primitive understanding of the immune system. You go to 1986, another drunken fool, Kennedy. It was Ted Kennedy. And you, everyone should have great anger for these people because here's a guy who killed somebody, left her dying in her car, and gets to be senator, and gets to be called the lion of the Senate. And, he, and he's the one who sponsored on the Senate side, the bill or the provision, which was called the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Program, which protected all the pharma companies. So the first Kennedy created all the bureaucracy, which created all the mess. The second Kennedy, instead of ripping off that Band-Aid, created another bureaucracy, which created the, the vaccine courts, where if you were injured, you have to go, they have liability. They, you can't sue them more than 250K. That was done by another Kennedy. Then you have this other fool, Kennedy, who's a fucking fool, excuse my language, Robert fucking Kennedy. And that's what he's and he needs to be exposed because everyone's looking for a savior. This guy's not a savior. And we'll talk more about that. So in 2019, here I'm invited. The only scientist who was chosen to give the, the lecture called the prestige lecture. And in that lecture to a room full of about 250 scientists and engineers, I laid out, I said, look, the 1915 model of the immune system is completely nonsense because now you have the interferon system, a system that integrates between the adaptive and the innate. And then we have all these amazing bacteria anomaly in our gut and our mouth. It's called the microbiome. We have, you know, a 60 trillion bacteria. We have 380 trillion viruses. We only have 6 trillion cells. We're a walking jungle. And then we have the vagus nerve, the gut brain axis. So I said, look, the immune system is far more complex. And to think that you're going to tell everyone that they, sh they should all get the same medicine is absolutely absurd. And, and what I was saying was it's about the right medicine for the right person at the right time, precision medicine. 
And I also talked about the fact that over the last 50, 60 years, what we've done is we've created kids who can't play outside. They don't get exposed to all these amazing soil and dirt. And so when you expose them to something, they've created a world that you have to give them, quote unquote, artificial immunity, quote unquote, the vaccine. So I said, this is not about vaccines or not vaccines. This is about immunity. This is very fundamental beyond vax and anti-vax. So I was giving a lot of lectures like this. A lot of the mothers whose kids were vaccinated and got autism, or I don't want to say, but were thought it was caused by that, loved me. They said, wow, here's an MIT guy who's helping us. We've always had to listen to this demon fool called Robert Kennedy. This guy's actually sharing with us science. He's not just begging to us for money. So what ended up happening was, and so in 2019, I gave that lecture at the NSF. No one had a problem with that anomaly. Everyone said, wow, thank you. No one said, oh, this, you know, he's talking about vax, anti-vax. He's giving us a very profound lecture of why we need to boost immunity, why the decision of a vaccine has to be between the doctor and the patient because of the complexity of the immune system. It's just, it's just too complex, man. So no problems. And then I was heavily involved in giving lecture after lecture after le lecture on this whole issue with vaccine mandates. This was before Fauci. In right. January, and you can look it up, of late, sorry, late December and early January, I, in fact, led the biggest protest in New Jersey because I'm from New Jersey, right? And these mothers were very excited with all these lectures that were going viral. And separate from my science side, man, now put on the other hat as a crazy radical revolutionary guy. Since nine, since a 17 year old kid, I've been organizing ground protests, man. I believe in militant protests to put the fear of God into these people. You will see when I was an 18 year old kid burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT after I'd left, led a, a massive demonstration around 5,000 people because MIT had investments in South Africa. We forced MIT to stop that. I organized the food service workers. During my PhD graduation in front of 20,000 people, I said US out of Iraq when it was unpopular to do that. And so I've been a ground organizer, man, putting my butt on the line, separate from being this good engineer scientist and a world-class one at that. And that's typically, you don't see that, okay? So when I saw this take place, I said, hey man, we need to organize a militant protest to scare the shit out of these people who want to impose vaccine mandates. And we did that. We drove down from here to New, Jersey, to New Jersey with our sound system. Kennedy drives in with his five SUVs and you were supposed to circle the Capitol a hundred times in honor to those kids who had died. He does one little circle with a photo op, man. Total fucking scumbag. And he was telling people like him and Big, Big Tree saying, oh, Dr. Shiva is gonna scare the Democrats. You know, we, we shouldn't be so angry with them. Anyway, it was that angry protest that tabled the bill. And that's when I started realizing something very important, what I'd learned. And we'll go into that about what I saw with Kennedy, but more importantly, that was all in 2019, 2020, early. So when the so-called pandemic hit, and you can look at the dates, it was literally a few days after that protest. I believe it was like January 6th or 15th when Fauci announced, oh my God, we have this pandemic coming in. And that's when the lights went off and I said, wow, they're engineering a pandemic and this scumbag Fauci who's been there since 1984, and I'd read about him, you know, during Reagan. And I had read a wonderful book written by P uh, Peter Duisberg called The AIDS War, and where a guy called Robert Gallo had essentially conflated AIDS with HIV, and they're two different things, okay? And uh, 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 Robert Gallo had done fraudulent research, 
And it was on the front page of the New York Times. And guess who came to save him? And I remember this back in 1993 or four. It was Fauci. So I knew about Fauci as a scientist, that he was a fucking idiot. Okay. So when I saw him pushing this pandemic, given the political knowledge I have, all learned from a lot of experience, I was the first one to call him out. And if you remember that tweet, I said, this event will go down in history to push mandated medicines, to destroy the First Amendment and destroy our economy. It went viral. Okay. And you were one of the few people who picked it up. Gateway Pundit did. Very few organizations. I didn't see, you know, Rogan out there. I didn't see this fool, uh, Russell Brand. I didn't see Fucker Carlson. None of these people. And I call them that because that's what they are. They are the neo grifter establishment who's suckering people back in. And we'll talk about that. So when I saw that, um, I said, this guy's a complete fool. And I um, started, I did the first hit, I think, against Fauci. And then I said, I came up with the hashtag, hashtag fire Fauci. I was running for Senate, if you remember, in Massachusetts, right on the Shiva for Senate page. We said, let's collect 100,000 signatures and take it to Trump. Around that time, I got a call from the White House, a senior policy advisor in the White House. He said, Dr. Shiva, thank you so much for your videos that you're doing. He goes, Trump ain't listening to us. He's listening to Fauci. It was a, quite, it was a weird phone call I got at 10, 10, 10 p.m. And, uh, he, and this guy who's a senior advisor, he said, please do more videos. And if you go back to that time, I would do two to three videos, man, and running for office and running my companies to explain to people, hey, here's the immune system. Here's vitamin D3. Here's quercetin. Not like Zelenko who bottled it. I gave that away. And we prop and that one of the vitamin D3 videos, I think that we did went out to a hundred million people before YouTube took it down. Marla Maples contacted me, you know, who was Trump's former wife. And she said, you know, me and Tiffany love you. Um, can we and we did a podcast together? And I had put together a letter to Trump saying, do not shut down the economy. And the letter is up there. Everyone can find it. We can bring it up. It's on Shiva for Senate. I said, look. Fauci is a fool. You need to fire him. I'm a biological engineer. You know, here's my credentials. What we need to do is if you're really concerned about the people with pre-existing conditions, isolate them and quarantine them. But everyone else, give them 5,000. I laid out the protocol, man, for people who are highly, uh, it was a four groups of people. How you? And I said, there's no reason to lock down this economy and you must fire Fauci. That letter was delivered to Trump. And after in, in May, we took our rickety old bus down here during the lockdowns, me and a guy called Richard and his young daughter, we drove down to D.C. We couldn't even get a hotel room. We had to sleep on the bus and we delivered those 120,000 signatures to Trump and the RNC. They did nothing. What did Kennedy fucking Kennedy do? Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. He's a fucker. That's what he is. And the reason I do that is all people, all you people follow Kennedy, think he's your savior. Let me remind you of something. The establishment is very, very smart. They know that every time people start rising bottoms up anomaly, they have to. Before, look, when I grew up in India, we were the lower caste Indians. If the lower caste people rose up, they just shot you or they enslaved you. OK, but in the modern world or since 1950, they're very clever. They create the not so obvious establishment, the real devils, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Christ's time. And these people mouth the words, what the, what the masses want to hear, and they sucker them in. So my first experience, and I, get, uh, I want to educate people on this, was Jesse Jackson, 1984. Reagan is running against Walter Mondale, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And at that time, just like now, 
people were done with the establishment. So they create a guy called Jesse Jackson, talks a big game, you know, a complete another, you know, and by the way, he was part of the Reform Party, which Trump came from, and he riles people up. Well, we got to come together, the rainbow. And then everyone's like, oh, wow, Jesse's anti-establishment. He's saying so many cool things. And at the last minute, if you go watch the Democratic Convention speech, he's building his own so-called anti-establishment effort. And then he says, but we got to choose a lesser of two evils. And he gives all of his votes to Mondale. And by the way, I haven't verified this. People said he got a private plane out of that deal. Okay, that was Jesse Jackson. And then you had the obvious establishment on the Republicans and Democrats. And as they start to grow, the Tea Party became the right wing of the uh, right. And you had people like Jesse Jackson and then emerged a guy called Bernie Sanders. Remember him? And Bernie Sanders did what Jesse Jackson did, you know, for Mondale. You know, he attacks Hillary Clinton. Oh, yeah, she's blah, blah, blah. You know, we got to put her out, da, 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 da. I had a very good friend of mine in 2016. She said, Shiva, you got to be less critical. Bernie's going to save us. And she's a very smart woman, a neuro neuroscientist out of Harvard. She was running his entire campaign in the Northeast. And she says, Shiva, you got to support Bernie. I said, Lori, Bernie's going to fuck you over. He's going to do exactly what Jesse did. She goes, you're an asshole. You're so critical. And she stormed out of my house. Two years <laughs> later, she calls me. What did Bernie do? He takes all of his votes and he goes, we have to give it to Hillary Trump so bad. You see, they have figured out to create these scumbags. What has happened now is something e quite evil. All the conservatives listening out there, I'm the guy who did the deepest analysis on the election system stuff. I'm the one who exposed the election system stuff in Massachusetts, Michigan, Arizona. You can hear all the hearings long before the grifters like Lindell came trying to sell pillows off of it. OK, there are significant <laughs> issues on the election stuff, the the issues of chain of custody and signature verification. These fools started talking about China hitting our servers by my pillows. China's hitting our servers by my pillows. <laughs> OK, man, that's what they were doing. And I was there at the all cyber right. symposium with Mike. And I said, Mike, this data is full of shit. OK, so you the grifters want to make money off stuff. And if you remember, as I shared with you, Mark Meadows called me when I was doing that research here. Rona McDaniel's office did. And Eric Trump reached out to me. They never gave me data. I could have exposed everything. Trump made a half a billion dollars off of my stuff. And I had a two hour meeting with him on this. OK, so the grifters do not want to solve problems. So what happens if you believe if you're a Trumper and you're a MAGA cult member and you believe elections are selections, right? That's what they say. Then how the fuck was Trump elected? So you have to go back to first principles. So either F equals MA, either there's gravity or either, you know, if elections are selections, follow the logic, follow the engineering science here, because Obama came out of nowhere because the American white working class anomaly was getting really pissed off. So they created this Manchurian candidate like this Vivek dude, another Brahmin fellow who they have to hide. They, they went and found a brown guy to replace this guy. And it's not going to work. <laughs> OK, so they create Obama literally within a year. Right. And what is what does this guy do? He takes all the white and black working class and he gives them hope. Fifty seven percent of Trumpers voted for Obama. He was that candidate that was created the theater after they used him because everyone realized, holy shit, he just saved the banks in 2008. He said he was going to fight Wall Street. So they had to find a white dude. And that was the role of Donald Trump. You see, the right didn't have their not so obvious establishment wing. 
The left had the Bernie Sanders and the AOCs to sucker people back. Trump was created. And the fucking Q movement was created to keep the white working class pacified because the elites know that the American white working class is the tip of the spear of the global movement of the globe for freedom. What other group on the planet? There's only 4% of people on the planet who have the first and second amendments. That's the American working people. And the tip of that is the American white working class. So they found this guy who was hanging around with the Clintons, banging whoever the hell he wanted. Overnight, he's framed as some Christian evangelical. Really? Okay. And Trump is promoted. All of his slogans lock her up, right? Drain the swamp. All of those are promoted. They were Madison Avenue slogans. And a lot of us, including myself, said, wow, this guy, on, because what I didn't realize at that point was that the right didn't have their NSOE. And that's what Trump was. Okay, but what did Trump do for four years? Actually look at it. Get out of your cult. Because if you're a MAGA member supporting Trump, you're a woke conservative as much as a woke left person. What did he do? What did he do? He was going to be the guys with the big brass balls coming in there and cleaning the swamp, right? And now he's saying he's going to obliterate the swamp. What did he do or obliterate the deep state? He kept Fauci. He gave everyone, we gave him the data. What did he do? He said he was against big pharma. Go look at his inauguration FEC records. He took a million dollars from big pharma, okay? The day that he left, 12 hours before he left the White House on January 19th, 2021, he gave Fauci the Presidential Commendation Award for Operation Warp Speed. Okay, these are facts. What else did he do? He ensured Operation Warp Speed occurred. But the most important thing that he did to the American working class was he printed close to $7.5 trillion. And where did that money go? When it went to Wall Street, 600 billionaires in that period uh, increase their wealth by $2.3 trillion. $16 trillion is what the economists estimate was a loss to the United States economy. Trump promoted lockdowns, fucking Booby effing Jr. promoted lockdowns. In fact, you can find that tweet, which, by the way, Kennedy has so many tongues and so many mouths, I don't even know how many he has, you know? And here's a guy, you know, here's a guy who in the middle, March of 2020, getting back to your central point anomaly, when did you tell the truth? As I say, delayed truth is deadly. It doesn't matter if you told the truth, like fucker Carlson trying to act as though he's fighting for all the conservatives. What the fuck did you do in March of 2020? To me, that's a litmus test who should be the next president of the United States. What was Vivek doing? Well, he was, Vivek was making money off creating systems to track everyone on COVID. And now he's for free speech. Kennedy was promoting lockdowns. Trump was lockstep and barrel. He didn't have the balls. I'm sorry, you talk a big game. If you have big brass balls, use them. He didn't. Who, who had the brass balls? I did. Who put his scientific reputation on the line? I did. An MIT PhD, a son of poor farmers, the you know working class people in New Jersey. And that's who you can trust. Anyone in 2024 who's going to suck up to Kennedy, think he's going to help you, and we should talk about that fucker over and over again, or Trump, those are the two fangs of the establishment they're putting forward to hook you back in. And that is where we stand. Because if you look at the arc of American history since 1980, the life expectancy of Americans is going like this. It's going like this. So if you have a child, your child's lifespan will be less than you. And it's not because of the vaccines. It's been because 
of the healthcare system. It's because of the poisons. It's been because of the Kennedys, the Trumps, the Reagans, the Bushes, all of them. So it's time that Americans have some self-respect for themselves. Why do they look to the swarm? Why do they look to Kennedy? You think fucking Kennedy is going to let you into his compound? In his own house on December, late December 2022, you had to have the mRNA jab to come into his house. And then he blames his wife. When and, and I think what's going on right now, Anomaly, is that people who haven't had the time to do the work, they move from one mode to another. First it was Trump. Ooh, Kennedy. Let me support him. He's saying all this good shit. One day he says, we entered the Ukraine war because, you know, it's the right thing to do. We're there for all the right reasons. That's what he said. Then he says, you know, we're there for humanitarian. Then he attacks Joe Biden. You see, this is at least Joe Biden says, I'm going there for regime change. Kennedy says all sorts of stuff, and that is what he banks on. He's a master of ambiguity. So that's where we're at. We're at a very critical time. Will you listen to, go look at my history. I didn't make any penny off attacking Fauci. I didn't sell vitamin D3. We did it. We gave it away. Look at my history, my entire history, and go look at Kennedy and his entire family's history. You must look at people's histories. History does matter. And what they have done is they bank on the American people, working people, having amnesia and being good, forgiving people. Look, when I was in Hollywood, you know, with and I used to be married to a woman called Fran Drescher, and I left that relationship and I saw the hypocrisy there. It's a whole nother meeting we could have. But what I noticed was right when someone would come to these people and get a signature, when they walked, you know, their autograph, you know what these stars would say? Oh, look at that star fucker. That's what they would call them. And the terms they used to describe working people are the masses or asses. These people hate you. They don't like you. And that's why I speak with such passion because I hate these people. They are not one of us. And these people are worse than the obvious establishment. The obvious establishment, at least Barry Goldwater said, I'm gonna bomb the shit out of Vietnam, right? The other said, oh no, we're there for humanitarian reasons. Fucking Kennedy. Bullshit. So we have to wake up because you have someone like me. You know what I did in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. And, you know, yeah, that's where we're at, man. We're at a very critical time. It's time people get their heads out of their asses and realize that they have to have dignity. It's a very deeply conscious thing. Do you have dignity for yourself or are you going to have dignity for Kim Kardashian? You know, who doesn't give a fuck about you? This is not even about vaccines anymore. It's not even about Fauci. It's about the American people. Do they have dignity for themselves, self-respect for the hard work they do? Or why do they outsource it to a guy who was banging 38 women when he was married, wrote a diary, Kennedy, and a wife finds the diary. And he basically said, oh, if you want to kill yourself, go ahead. After she kills herself, he brings in all the press, has a beautiful coffin, you know, prays over it gets all the photos, and the next day, he, without a permit, exhumes her body and moves it. Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. I want to say... Well, no, that, that's Sorry. all recorded. Uh, yeah. You should re re read the work of Maureen Callahan. It's all recorded. So, um, but yeah, the reason I was able to call out Fauci, man, is because, you know, you spend 20 years studying systems biology. You spend another 15 years studying biochemistry. You spend your time doing the work in, you know, the hard work. So you see it like light as day. This guy's full of shit. 
and we must organize a Farah Fauci campaign. You write to the president, but I didn't just sit there and talk, man, I took action. I got on our bus, we drove that bus 36 hours. We got the signatures. So that's a man of action and a man of science. And that's who I because am. You don't, because you don't have headphones, I just gotta, we can't talk at the same time, it's fine. I'm not saying that wasn't true, I just said I don't know enough to, I'm sorry. to take a stance on that. Yeah. No, you're, you're good. I wanted to say a few things. First of all, I find it, there's a lot to unpack there, but I love your passion, so I'll let you just rock with it. Um, it's concerning to me that the Republican Party, I don't care necessarily who they vote for, but the fact that at turning point, the overwhelming support was for the father of the vaccine who says it saved 100 million lives, who hired a pharmacy lobbyist for HHS and Scott Gottlieb for FDA, and then a pharma bro who, you, like you said, that's going to come out, the data vent, his uh, yep. side project of like the, the tracking or whatever for like the COVID data. I think all that's going to come Who's out pretty soon. Call? This guy Vivek? They brought him in because they knew this brown guy was getting things. There's a couple of reasons. Seriously, it's a it's a it's an op. It's a psyop. So they bring this fool in and we should really talk about this Vivek guy. I don't know if you know, India has a caste yeah. system anomaly, but we should talk about that. Yeah, we, we, we definitely will. I want to say this real quick before I talk about Bobby Kennedy, because I, you know, I like a lot of stuff he says, but clearly you you don't. And I'm going to read well, his time. And tweet, but real, right, no, real, real quick. One thing I wanted to ask, because I know with January 6th and a lot of these protests, it's a lot of times a setup where they want people to slip up and then to point and be like, you're worse. With your protests, you said militant protests a few times. I just want to ask what you meant by that, because I feel like in this day and age, that's something that they're trying to take out of context and be like, see, he said that. So like, what do you yeah, mean by that? Because I know the New militant. Jersey protests. Yeah, let's talk, I know the word, let's talk about the word militant. It's a very important word. OK, um, when you go back to 1886, four American workers were hanged fighting for the eight hour workday in honoring those workers. You know, the entire world working class community called it May Day, which has been wiped out of American history. May 1st on every other country, it's a day off. And it was those movements that created these very bottoms up militant protests. What do I mean by militant? By militant, I mean people coming together, OK, together, independent of the left and the right. Militant equals independent. They are no longer controlled because what happens is whenever bottoms up movements came up before anomaly, they typically had a Bobby Kennedy saying, oh, yeah, and then drives them to the Democrats or Trump. OK, militant here means people are united, independent and they're uncompromising. So when we were out there on the streets, you know, we were saying we're not going to leave. Chants were awesome. Right. Powerful, scaring the hell out of them. We're not talking about guns and fighting people. You don't need that. Once you have 5,000 people, 10,000 people organized, that's what I mean by militant, okay? Terrorist is very different, where one person throws a Molotov cocktail at somebody, right? Militant here means people organized, cooperating in unison, united with the same principles, okay? So that's what we're talking about. So when you look at um, the protests that occurred during the 1900s to the 1940s, they were powerful militant protests in the United States. If you have the eight hour workday today, if you have basic social security, if you have you know, healthcare, if you have clean water, those came from your parents' parents who fought in the 1900s on the ground. Over 100 million people struck in 11,000 strikes. And all of that has been wiped out of American history. A douchebag called McCarthy in the 1950s branded all those movements as violent communist movements. And so the right wing used that that to cut the legs off the bottoms up movements. And then by the 1970s, all of the labor unions 
were taken over by people like Bobby Kennedy or, or Bernie Sanders or AOCs. So they calmed people down. So that's, that's what right. I mean by militant. Militant means people organized, uncompromising, led by one of their own, not by the agents from top. I just want to be clear because I know in this day and age, you know, they're trying to take everything out of context. So I just wanted you to like uh, explain that. With this, I want to get into Bobby Kennedy real quick, what I like, and then I have the co the COVID lockdown, and I'm going to let you go off. I like the fact when I talk to you, Shiva, um, I, I know that you're passionate about what you say. Sometimes politicians, they talk like there's a stick up their ass, and they're trying to sell you a car when there's a stick up their ass. So I know you mean what you say, and you believe it because I could just feel it in your energy. So I'm going to let you go off on this. First, I'm going to say the pro of what I do like about Bobby Kennedy. I like that he's calling out Trump and how he basically turned down the Vaccine Safety Commission after a million dollar Pfizer donation and uh, hired a bunch of lobbyists for HHS and FDA, right? Um, I like the fact that he's out here explaining that stuff to the people. Um, early on, you know, he was one of the first people that I, I saw on YouTube that was able to explain the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and these things that took away liability. So I'm always grateful for Bobby Kennedy doing that. What you're talking about is interesting. I'm going to read that tweet. And then I want you as, as to, to try to like sell me as someone who I don't know that I'm going to vote for him or anything like that, but I do respect him in some ways. He did tweet this in March 30th, 2020. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said coronavirus lockdown hasn't just slowed COVID-19. It reduced lethal air pollution and associated mortality. When lockdowns list, lift, Risks of status quo will return, plus could worsen as governments weaken environmental regulations and pour billions into polluting industries. So it does sound like Bobby Kennedy on March 30th is saying, you know, if we open up, the, the pollution's going to be bad. It sounds almost like he does support climate he lockdown. That, he said both. He said well, if we lift, it's going to hurt. COVID will spread and it's going to affect pollution. He's saying both. Right. Now, when did he write right. that tweet, Anomaly? Let's just look at the date. When matters. W-H-E-N matters right when did he say march that? 30th and march what was 30th. i saying on march 4th i was organizing fire fauci protests we did five major demonstrations to against the lockdowns uh, one mm -hmm. we did at the state house two thousand people showed up so i just want people to go back to march of 2020 and imagine if i was a president of the united states and imagine if robert f kennedy was a president and you can imagine right. trump being the president so just, I want everyone to go back to March of 2020, close your eyes, let's do a meditation, you know, put your attention on your third eye, okay? And visualize March of 2020. You're hearing so much fear. You're hearing, oh my God, this is gonna kill people and, and, and it's gonna destroy people. And in that time, you see the demon voice coming, we must lock it, lock it down, we're gonna save the environment, we gotta do that. And if we untake un un this up, it's gonna hurt us. So you have that voice. And then you have Trump, with you know supporting Fauci. In fact, Robert Kennedy's lockdowns were more stricter than Fauci's. They were. And what was I doing? I was out there collecting signatures and delivering them in a bus to freaking Trump. We did five major protests, video after video after video. The good thing is you can go down to my Twitter stream against Fauci. This guy should be locked up. I'm the one who said he should be put in jail in 2020. If Dr. Shiva Iyer was president, this would not have occurred. I would have protected the old people. I would have boosted people's immune system and we would have saved $16 trillion and we would have been the leader in the world. Okay. That's what would have happened. So you have to face this choice.
because a litmus test I keep repeating is what did you do in 20? That's, that's the only singular test. Take every candidate, go back in time. What were you doing in 2020? DeSantis. Right. DeSantis was supporting lockdowns. Every single one of them. Only one voice of reason and hope and sincerity was there, and that was me. And I must take credit for that because for far too long, people try, oh, he's trying to take credit. He's arrogant. No, you have to take credit because you have to look to where the origin of that knowledge came from. It came from a working class guy who's one of you. So that's the important thing. Now, let's talk about the sham of Robert Kennedy. And I want you to everyone to get this. Let's just go back to the fundamentals. One of the things you know as a musician, right? You know, there's some fundamental musical notes, right? Um, you study uh, physics, force equals mass times acceleration. Once you understand that, you can go build a bridge. If you're an electrician, electrical engineer, once you understand V equals IR, voltage equals amps times resistance, you can solve any problem. The fundamental here on the vaccine question is this. Why is the government involved at any level in jabbing you at any level? That's a fundamental question. Why is government involved in my body? Okay, fundamental question. What do you think, Anomaly? Should the government be involved in putting something, having any rights to put something into your body? Yeah, of course not, on, on multiple levels. And they funded it, and they own part of the Moderna patent. Right, but you don't know, even go the, there. Let's, the just, let's just start with the first principle. We would all agree, right, that I don't want the state involved in putting stuff into me or dictating it at any level. When did that right. dictation start? When did it start? In the 1900s at some point? What, 1962 when, Vaccination Act. The 1962 mm. Kennedy Vaccination Act fossilized the fact that government had a right to inject something into your body. And that was passed by John Kennedy. Now, you have to understand, because I wanted to really demolish this Camelot bullshit, is that John Kennedy had venereal disease. He wasn't supposed to go into the Navy. He was completely excluded. The father, Joe Kennedy, another demon, changed the rules, got him into uh, the, you know, into the Navy, wanted his son to be president. This guy was a reckless fool. People should go read the work of Seymour Hirsch, blowing up boats. He blew up PT-109, and it was the greatest, one of the greatest blunders in World War II. And the father called up the Boston Globe, resuscitated him, but the Kennedys, and then he almost, basically, he did get us into Vietnam, almost blew up the world. All right, that's John Kennedy. John Kennedy is the one who created the 1962 Vaccination Act. Now, why is that important? It basically said from 1962, we created all these bureaucracies, sections within the CDC, all the things Kennedy attacks. That came from JFK. Is that clear? So first principle, it was the 1962 Vaccination Act that created this animal, this massive bureaucracy, which said, we are going to own your body anomaly and Dr. Shiva. We're going to have the right to jab and create mandates. All right. Now, by 1986, people are reporting injuries. And what happens? You should have now we have more data as the data I've shared. Wow. The immune system is more complex than this two box model. The other Kennedy who all the Kennedys are very closely aligned with booze and pharma, et cetera. OK. Instead of ripping the Band-Aid and saying, you know what, this 62 Vaccination Act, this has got to be repealed. It's got to go away. Look at this mess we've created. They create, so they have this big pile of shit here, 
the CDC and all their things. And they created another, they dump another shit on this other shit. And that's the dump that they took. And that was under health and human services. They created the vaccine courts and more regulations, right? And that was brought to you by a second Kennedy. Now look at fundamentally how clever this dickhead is, Kennedy. He's saying, you know what we need to do? We need to now go look at the video when I put it out, all the Kennedy cult members. Oh, you didn't share the full video. The first part of the video, he goes, you know, I am for, you know, I believe in vaccines. I'm pro-vax. I've never been anti-vax. I believe in vaccination, full vaccination of all Americans. That's a quote he says. I believe in full vaccination of all Americans. I had all my seven children vaccinated with all 69 vaccines, quote unquote. And then after the video, this is how clever he is, tongue one of the serpent. Then he goes, you know, the CDC and all these people are so corrupt. They're awful, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, yeah, he's saying some great shit. Yeah, he's, he's telling us how corrupt. We already knew that. And then he says, but doesn't he say in that that he he because he always says I'm pro vaccine, but he says I don't believe that any of them have been tested properly. Isn't yeah, that the whatever, second part? Whatever. Of the this is all lip service. But at the end, what does he say? I'm gonna get this shit to create safe vaccines. Look, I know the pharmaceutical industry. Cytosol is a technology that was created originally to help those guys, but they're so backward. So the pharmaceutical industry, phase one, phase two, phase three clinical trials were created. OK, to do testing. They've always been around. But the point is, look how clever he is. He says he vaccinated all his kids. He says he's for full vaccination. And everyone says, oh, yeah, Bobby just has to say that. You see, he gets people into this double thinking. And then as someone who's heard the whole clip real quick, just to push back a little yeah. bit, he says um, he always says this. I'm for safe vaccines. I just believe that none of them have been tested properly. So I don't know if it's yeah, as but much double speak more as just saying that I, I, I would be for them if I believe they were tested properly. But I don't believe any of them have been tested. Yeah. Properly. But you know what? Then why did he vaccinate all his kids? I don't know. I, I've never well, well, yeah, seen right there. I, I got to push. Why would you, if you were such the leader of the medical freedom movement, which he is, and he's a misleader, you went and vaccinated all your kids. And he's the one anomaly. Remember, he said that this violates the Nuremberg Code. Why did you, in your own house party, make sure people had to be vaccinated? I heard about that. I, you know, that, that if that's true, that's pretty weak as far as doing that. But even the climate lockdown thing, like, you know, to what she was saying, even if we slightly disagree on some things and I'm not even really mad about it, I, li I like I like having a conversation about it. You know, in March 30th, like I'm, I'm, before the lockdown, I said this is going to cause authoritarianism, power grabs. I predicted it all. Someone like Tim Pool in April saying Fauci's a good dude. Right. I Like me and Shiva already saw a, a, ahead of it. And I don't have a staff. I don't even have a PhD. Right. I have a laptop and basic common sense. I saw through the data. People like Vivek were saying 20% of people were hospitalized on the news two months later. And I told people that the data wasn't right early on. And, and that ended up being true. So the, the real question about RFK, as, as great as everything it, it, he's saying is, why did he basically, I mean, this, this tweet, I'm going to read it again for people. It sounds like a pro lockdown tweet. And like he's saying, hey, if you open the country, you know, you're going to really mess up uh, the pollution. I'm going to read the tweet again. Both, this is but he's saying 30th. both. It, he has both in there. You're going to hurt. COVID will go out and the pollution. He's saying both. Right. You're yeah. right. Right. Yeah, Let yeah, me, I'm yeah. going to read it again. Yeah, I don't I'm want to read this it again by one inch because he's out there raising money under Children's Health Defense Fund as always fighting for us. 
Right. I'm going to read this tweet again yep. real quick. It says, this is March 30th, 2020, Robert Kennedy Jr. He said, coronavirus lockdown hasn't just slowed COVID-19, but it's reduced lethal air pollution and associated mortality. When lockdowns lift, risks of status quo will return and could worsen as government weakens environmental regulations and pours billions. So it sounds like he's saying, hey, if you open up the country, you know, COVID's going to hurt people you and go. you're going to ruin the environment. Right. And here's the thing that people don't realize is like at the end of the day, people will say, well, some people made mistakes. It's true. Well, why not hire somebody to run the country that didn't make a mistake? Because you want to talk about socialism. You want to talk about communism. You want to talk about the economy uh, you know, imploding. You want to talk about big pharma tyranny in the swamp. If people couldn't stand up, it's like the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl and they threw 50 interceptions. You know, maybe they're not fit to win the MVP and get the award. And I want to say one thing real quick and hear your take on it too. You know, TPUSA or TP Action, that's like their other like side of their thing. Yeah. Uh, they always say socialism sucks. That's their big thing, right? Did a single speaker at this event that was basically just a Trump rally, did any of them talk about the CARES Act, which printed trillions of dollars? Like you said, the biggest wealth distribution in modern history. It was the worst socialist bill in modern history that was signed by Trump, McConnell, Pelosi. They were all in on it. Did a single speaker at, a, at an organization that says socialism sucks mention it? Or, are, or is the Republican Party now trying to gaslight you away from what they did and sell you a pharma bro who ran a company, I think it was called DataVent, that was doing well, COVID data. He ran the company called Roybont. And, but, but Anomaly, before we go there- And there was a side one called DataVent, like right, Roybont, right. they, one they of broke off and did it. Yeah, I, so right. I know all about this fool and I think we need to talk about this guy, but let me go back to what you said earlier. You said, hey, Dr. Shiva, I didn't have a PhD, but I was able to see this, right? So right. let's just talk about that. Here you have a guy who's running Children's Health Defense Fund, raising millions of dollars, has access to a huge megaphone, claims he's fighting for the masses, right? And if you can't see that in March of 2020, get the fuck out of my way. You shouldn't even be running for president. Seriously, who the right, fuck are you I now to come around and talk about it? Now, let me... Also say this, in, in, in 2020, when I figured out Kennedy, I had a very close uh, woman who was our volunteer, and here the woman didn't vaccinate her kids, had a huge fight with her husband. They were on the verge of divorce. Many mothers in their personal lives took a stand against their own spouse, and people know this. Kennedy has a big bougie party in Malibu. Everyone had to be vaccinated, and you have to check that out. And then he blames his wife. Oh, well, she wears a pants in the family. How convenient. I mean, think about what a douchebag this guy is. And people are, oh, yeah, his wife had to do that. She had a Hollywood party. It's like, uh, wait a minute. This is a leader. It's like, and then in the interview with Megyn Kelly several weeks ago, do you know what he said? Your personal integrity and your public integrity are different. So he's telling to your face, I may murder people, I may uh, cheat on my wife, I may do all this shit, but when I come in front of you, my public face is what you should think about. So the elites are telling you to their face, like the old kings, I may rape you one day, I may pillage you, but I, you know, I'll once in a while give you some food. And the peasants are all like, thank you, king, for giving me the fucking food. This is a peasant <laughs> mentality. That's what we're talking about, man. We're talking about a peasant mentality. So you and I, we're out there talking about this in March of 2020. Trump was clearly backstabbing people openly, same with Fauci, but the real demon is Robert fucking Kennedy. He really is. And you have to look at all of this. So when I saw this, I did videos exposing him anomaly and I could have been the popular guy. 
wow, all these mothers are loving Dr. Shiva. You know, I'm, I'm the new kid on the block. And then me and Jen looked at this and we said, shit, this guy's a fucking bastard. So I did a video. And in that video, I said, wait a minute, Kennedy endorsed Hillary Clinton. I had done a movie in 2014 with Pierce Brosnan and his wife, Keely, who I became very close friends with. They live in Kauai. As you know, the island of Kauai has been used as a biotech test field for years. The native Hawaiians have been used to test atrazine and all these poisons, okay? And um, we did a movie on this called Poisoning Paradise. I'm the main scientist in it. They had Kennedy come in and do a little cameo, okay? So in 2020, I'm looking at this and I'm realizing this guy's a bullshitter. It's all his shtick. He was a heroin addict for a while. He had this problem. So, okay, now he can resuscitate his image by being the fighter for people. That's how the Kennedys work, okay? They always get to be the civil rights leader of something. So I did a video exposing Kennedy. What I discovered was, the reason I brought up Poisoning Paradise is Hillary Clinton, as you know, is pro-GMO. She's pro-glyphosate. She's pro-Monsanto. Okay? Now, if you're the leader of the anti-movement for clean water, clean air, why would you endorse her once, 2008, then in 2012, and then public in a New York Times editorial in 2016? He did it three fucking times. And then when I'm running here in 2020 against his nephew, um, Joe Kennedy, who's rapidly pro-vaccine mandates, he came and flew him out to Hollywood and did a fundraiser for him. Folks, they're telling you to your face, fuck you. That's what they're, Robbie Kennedy's putting a big fucking finger in your face. And when he goes out in the back room, he's laughing. Look at these fucking idiots. They give me money. They give me $3 million. And he does a video of him in front of his Hyannisport compound. They're spitting in your face. They're spitting in your face. And you are taking the spit in and, and taking all that goobers into your eyes and thanking him. That's what this is. So this guy endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, not once, three times, okay? And Hillary Clinton is as pro-Monsanto as you can get, as pro-Roundup glyphosate as you can get. And that's what we're talking about. So when I exposed him, and I did like 10 videos anomaly, he then does a blog post saying, I can't stand this anymore. Dr. Shiva is a vaccine maker. Then he says, I'm in bed with Bill Gates. I work with him and I work with the Clintons. Now, how does he get that? He gets that because I created a company to eliminate animal testing. And many years ago, Pfizer wanted us to model a very horrible disease called lupus. And we're open about this. And then on our other company's website, we get 10% off software when you're a Microsoft business partner. He says, I'm a Bill Gates agent. And then when I was a graduate student, I won an award from the United States White House to analyze death threats. It was an industry-wide competition. And I realized, holy shit, these are the Kennedys. When you attack them, they try to smear you. So I filed a $92 million lawsuit against him for defamation and slander. He kept evading service, finally defaulted. All right. And we're bringing that lawsuit up again because my own lawyer didn't serve him properly with the sheriff. And it turns out my lawyer said, oh yeah, I like the Kennedys. So do you understand what we're talking about? We're talking about animals here. They create a false image of themselves. RFK, his father, is the one who escalated the war in Vietnam, was fully behind it, but they present him as a man of peace. You see, it's like Orwellian. And he's Orwell, Orwellian, you know? 
So that's where we're at. We're at a very dangerous time where people need to have the wisdom. As my great grandfather said, it's not what you say, it's what you did. What did you do, Robert Kennedy, in fucking 2020? What did you do, Trump? What did you do, Vivek? You know, you right. Brahmin elitist fucker. What did you do? Because, and what did you do, Jay Bhattacharya, another brown guy that they promote? He wrote a paper, and I'll show it to you, in 2020, promoting lockdowns. And then when they see this brown figure come, the elites start digging up these other brown characters to promote them. <laughs> That's what's happening, Emily. Seriously, they don't want yeah. they don't want the real brown out there, so they do a brown out on me. That's what's going on. I you were talking about earlier about the American people. And as a man, you know, I'm not going to be led by a guy who was wrong and was nowhere to be found in 2020 and 2021 when it mattered. And now they're just scooping up like everyone else's leftovers. And I think it comes down to this. When I listen to RFK call out Trump, I'm glad he's doing it, but and I'm not running. That, and I, what, what you're you saying is like, I'm not I'm not I'm not downplaying the other stuff he did. And I understand he still is very liberal. He'll probably hire liberal judges, et cetera. He might tap. the. He'll probably tap the DNC to hire people just like Trump tapped the RNC because they can't handle everything. So the, the point that I'm really trying to make and I've been making for years is you really get what you want in this country. You worked really hard. You've achieved what you've achieved. I've worked hard. I've achieved a lot of people have. But the Republican Party for me just like the Democratic Party, they're doormats, right? They're like wearing masks, they're doing whatever they say, they, they don't think anymore, the left wing. And then you get the right wing, they're basically like a Trump doormat. And it's not, I don't even blame Trump or Vivek or even RFK, it's people. Do you have the ability to like something someone says and still have critical thinking skills? Do you have the ability as a man or an American, if you're a woman, to stand up for yourself and not be a doormat for these people if they print six trillion dollars and you're fine with it but if the other people did it you'd call it socialism and tpsa won't talk about it why wouldn't the elites keep doing it to you because you're acting like a sheep so when they treat you like a sheep they're treating you like you act like you know so i think it comes down to with rfk with trump with vivek with anybody regardless of the rhetoric or certain things people like it feels like in this country people instead of worshiping god they worship these politicians and they it's like they run back and forth like you know bill mitchell n n sorry sorry bill but uh it's like he was the biggest trump sycophant for four years and he's like a trump psycho and then now he likes DeSantis, and now he's acting the same way about DeSantis in like such a weird way where it's like you you run that way and then you run that way and then you run that way and even though i like a lot of rfk's rhetoric i think it's very strange that when push came to shove he was basically saying we shouldn't open up the country. And if you can't see the lockdown for what it was, and even the data, like I said, you know, I didn't even graduate college, to be honest. I mean, I'm not stupid, but I pursued my uh, music career. Uh, I looked at the data, and my, the first thing that I thought, Shiva, in March was they're saying it's so deadly, and there's not a lot of testing. They're only testing celebrities and people who can access it. And they're only testing people who are really sick and who get end up in the hospital. Right. So if they're saying that the death rate is this high, but mass testing's not out, as soon as mass testing goes out, that number is going to decrease. I never said the hospitalization was 20%, like uh, Vivek was saying on the news, you know, and just being like, we're all Americans or whatever. It's some stupid political shtick. If I could do it with no college degree, with a laptop, with basic math skills that you learn in fifth grade, and then seven months later, everybody realizes this. They were only testing really sick people and celebrities at first. So when they said the death rate was huge, it's a simple math equation. Once the tests get out to everybody and they test people that are asymptomatic, whatever, 
the death rate's going to go down. It's like a fifth grade math equation. People think I can do it, but Tim Pool can't do it, and Vivek can't do it, and Tucker Carlson couldn't do it, and Trump well, couldn't do it. I why. mean, I love, I love feeling like I'm the smartest person in the country, but I, I think it's third grade math, and but, but you know the late, fact that nobody cares. Yeah, let, let's talk about why, okay? Because people need to understand it. You know, when I did that swarm video, everyone tries to say, "Oh, who are the elites? Oh, it's the Jews, or it's the Rothschilds, or it's this, right? It's that." The swarm is an interconnected group which have their own t telepathy, okay? When you look at where Kennedy lives in Malibu and you look at the restaurant Nobu, okay, if you've been there, right, all of the, they're all one, okay, they're all friends. They, they're, like I said, their children go to the same places, they hang out together, they fuck the same people. It's all one group. Seriously, <laughs> you have to understand what, this is real. I, I use those words to let you know, they're like a club, a very loosely but very tightly connected club. So if you claim for your entire life, I've been again, you know, we need to do testing on vaccines. We're not sure if these viruses, right? He's been part of that. And then when COVID comes, you're like, boom, we need lockdowns. Okay. Right. It is right in front of your face. And mm. there are certain things that should not be given up. Look, do you mind, you know, you asked how I came to this conclusion. I don't want this to be promotional, but I do believe people, the world, your audience, and my audience need to know that I've spent my whole life trying to understand systems, man. It is, and by the way, as I've sh shared, um, you know, I used to teach a course at MIT for three years, three semesters on systems. The elites know systems thinking, it's a field. It's not nuclear engineering, it's not electric, it's called engineering systems. George Soros is one of the leaders in the field. He's a theoretician, he's a scholar of this. Henry Kissinger, and these finite set of people who understand system science. I wanna talk about the solution because I don't wanna leave people hopeless. There's two solutions that I offer. One is this deep work that I've done, the entire knowledge, which we wanna get it to many people and our campaign. Our campaign is the first campaign in a very, probably since historically, that tells people not to go follow the lesser of two evils, but really to look to one of us. But do you, can I share a video uh, anomaly? Or no? I, yeah, probably not. Okay, yeah, five minutes. But it's, it's the, okay, let me explain it. The bottom line is that when you look at this entire arc, when Prometheus brought fire to the earth, right? We are a bunch of primitives running around and then one guy gets fire. Well, that guy became very powerful, right? When you have fire, you can do all sorts of things. You can cook your food, you get more protein, you know, all that kind of great stuff, right? You can break, you can denature things. Well, in the modern world, we have people who, we live in a world of systems. Now this iPhone is not just a simple phone, it's a system. You have the healthcare system, transportation systems. This is a communication system, okay? The censorship system, all right? All of these systems are very complex systems. If you not only talk about fire Fauci, why was it that I was able to figure out the entire censorship infrastructure? I represented myself in federal court, if you remember. In 2020, it was our lawsuit, which, got, which exposed the fact that government has a backdoor portal into Twitter. We, and I did this beautiful diagram exposing that whole thing. Tucker Carlson concealed it. All of these people concealed it. Why? And it comes back to this following reason. Follow the money. I am not in the left or right. I don't think you are in the left or right. And if you're not in the left or right, you can't be bought. All right. All these other grifters, when Elon Musk came back, Twitter's become essentially a banana republic now. All right. It had the obvious fascism of Vijay Gade and uh, Jack Dorsey. If you said this, you were thrown off. I was thrown off for exposing the backdoor portal into Twitter. 
when all these grifters were quiet. When I was put back on Anomaly, when I went back on, if you go look at the first tweet in early December, I said, hey, Elon, why didn't you make me your CEO? You know, I'm the inventor of email, I know technology. That got like 20 to 30 million views. And I was getting about 500,000 views per day. The next day, I said, Elon, are you gonna remove the backdoor portal into Twitter? Um, Redacted's Clayton Morris in an open Twitter space, about 100,000 people said, hey, Elon, Dr. Shiva has discovered this backdoor portal in his lawsuit. Are you going to take it down? Now he plays Mickey the Dunst. He goes, ooh, that sounds like Big Brother. I'll get back to you, Clayton. Never got back to him. And after that day, I would do a tweet probably every other day, initially about four tweets in December, saying, Elon, are you going to take down the backdoor portal? Here's my number. Call me. I have the lawsuit. It was the only lawsuit in the world that Twitter was sued and brought into federal court on it. January, I did 10 tweets. February 15 tweets. You know what we saw? Anomaly. As I did more and more tweets exposing Musk, the number of tweets went up like that. My views went down like that. So, and if you're a conservative like Dinesh D'Souza or James Woods, they all suck up to him. Robert Kennedy, I had more followers than him before I got back put on Twitter. How come his tweets spread? My tweets used to spread bigger than his. Why is it that all these people, and he's promoting Elon Musk as a fighter against censorship. We have worse censorship on Twitter now and Facebook than we had before. They're using what's called censorship, what I call 10.0. Before, they just threw you off. Now they put you back on and they do the ability to cage you. So they watch your tweets. It's shadow banning to the power of infinity. This is worse than ever before. Again, I'm calling this out way ahead. What's going to happen here is we have now the ability, they put you on, but you're in a apartheid system. And that swarm video anomaly probably got 10 times those views. So we're living in a very dangerous time because people like Musk, fucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and all these people are part of this new Tim pool. They're not going to say shit against Musk. They're all in this little cabal. Yeah, I have a question about that because obviously I know shadow banning exists. I've been demonetized. I've been suspended. Uh, my TikTok is completely banned. Uh, I've, I've experienced it. And I know that on YouTube, if you search my name, my channel doesn't even come up a lot of times. So that's obvious, uh, you know, algorithm rigging. With that being said, though, do you think because on Twitter, your swarm video does well? Why does it do well? It's very well explained. You have great graphics behind you. You're on, you're, you're on a, a whiteboard saying it. And then other things, like if I post a good viral clip, you know, it might get a million, two million views. But if I complain about certain stuff like that, the Republican Party's doing socialism, it doesn't get as many views. I think it's like a Kardashian-esque culture where people like simple, easy. There's a lot of options nowadays. Do you think it's just that, though, because of your approach, because you're so passionate and so sometimes upset that, you know, I understand if I post a viral clip, it'll get a million views. But if I really critique the Republican Party accurately, that it's just not as viral of a, of a post. I don't believe I'm being censored on that. I just think that people don't have the same hunger that they do. Do you think that's a possibility? With, no, with, no. Let me, let me tell you, in my just, case, I don't know about your situation, but let me tell you, uh, in my case, um, I was the long fuse report in the middle of our lawsuit. You remember I discovered those playbooks. You remember all this anomaly? We discovered all those playbooks, right? So just to remind everyone, if people go to winbackfreedom.com, our lawsuit was the first lawsuit. I represent myself against three lawyers when I was thrown off Twitter for the destruction of ballot images. The Secretary of State of Massachusetts 
called Twitter. In, I represent myself. No lawyer wanted to take it on. Me and the federal court judge, we cross-examine uh, the social media director. We find out she says, oh, yeah, we have a VIP portal into Twitter. Oh, when he did that, we contacted Twitter, which is a grossest violation of the First Amendment. I right. want a federal right. injunction. After that, we discovered the three playbooks at Harvard, which are detailed manuals, which list how you will blacklist a person. This is not random how you will attain their severity and how you will closely monitor them. And that's what occurred to me. In June of 2021, this is the most important thing in my case. Again, I don't know about other people's cases. Stanford Internet Observatory did this 300 page report and it itemized in there the top six super spreaders on the internet, super spreaders who are spreading disinformation. You know who the six were? Me, Trump, Breitbart, a couple, three other people I forget. And my tweets and my stuff, they said he was doing a technique where he would do a short tweet and he would do a long form video. My tweets are the same spread as Trump. And I was shocked. So that was before. So I did videos the same passion as I did then. 33,000 retweets. When they put me on the video that I did, oh, I'll be, I'll be uh, whatever. I said, I'll be uh, his CEO. That was fine. But after I exposed Musk, they go nosedive. And when I was asked to be put back on Twitter, it had to go through a committee. I'm not your average bear on this because they know there's only one federal lawsuit that was taken to federal court and was mine. And all of these grifters want to conceal that lawsuit and they want to promote the Twitter files because once again, we would get the views. I would get the credit for that. And they can't have that anomaly when it is in fact true. So right. when you, but I think like in, in this era, I understand what you're saying. This well, era well, of how much censorship. I'm sorry. When you answer, you're back. You, yeah, you're back on Twitter. Like in, in my TikToks ban, they stole eight hundred dollars from my account. They won't answer my emails. Even if I got put back on TikTok, that would be a massive win and a reverse. Of course, you were banned from Twitter, correct? And you got back on. I are didn't you get even, back are you on. Brave? It was two years I was banned, and and we are we didn't end that lawsuit. The judge wanted me to get. I don't know if you know what happened. The judge. We won the injunction, and then I, I had four claims, including against the government, and to be put back on Twitter. The judge said, you're going to basically, you, everyone should go read the courtroom transcripts. The judge said, this federal court will be, this lawsuit will be taught in every law school class. All right. Then he appointed me a constitutional lawyer. It was me then at that point against seven lawyers, three from Twitter, three from the government, four from the government. One of the things you want to understand is that the judge said, drop all your claims against the government and with my lawyer and you will be the, the hero. This will be the landmark lawsuit. I refused to do that. They were just going to put me back on Twitter. Do you know how many millions of dollars I lost anomaly and reputationally? So it was only I was put back on because we kept appealing when I was put back on. The day I started attacking Musk, you can see it's like this. That is not Suddenly that happens overnight, within days. Musk then promotes other people, promote him. James Woods, do you remember when the WEF women came in Yaccarino? I lost a lot of people. Why are you attacking Musk? All again, the conservatives. Oh, Musk is Dr. Shiva, you're an asshole. You know, Musk is so great. He's helping us. He's a free speech fighter. I said, no, he isn't. And then who does he bring in as a CEO, Yaccarino, who's a WEF flunky? That day when he brought her in, all these old Trumpers said, oh, Dr. Shiva, we apologize. You were right. We're going to follow you again. James Woods, a so-called conservative actor, he says, oh, my God, I guess the game is over. Something like that.
And I took his tweet and I said, James, a game never began. Musk is part of the establishment. SpaceX government, Tesla government, Twitter government. And that tweet started going viral. Anomaly. And right then, suddenly he deletes his tweet. The next day, he thanks Musk for giving him about 100,000 followers. All, and in fact, Dinesh D'Souza, a little rat, he started defending WEF. You got to understand, I don't have a lot of regard for these people. They weren't there in 2020. He's, he yeah. did go look at his podcast. He does a podcast defending Yakarino and saying, oh, you, you know, she's not that bad because he wants his viewers. <laughs> it's become I, which, a, a cock-sucking banana republic for Musk. You say good things. Why does Cat Turd, I mean, he, he says a little stuff after he got exposed or Tim Pool. All the stuff's out there. It's all with, in with, black and white. The backdoor portal to Twitter still exists. They're doing predictive analytics, keeping people in digital cages. That swarm video probably got 10 times more view, man. It was a good video. Uh, with James Woods, I'll never forget because it, like, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. Because like you, I like that Trump was disrupting stuff. And I, it was like, hey, this is, this is a net positive thing so far. But then during the lockdown, everything changed. And I, that's why I reached out to you because I was like, oh, this guy is talking some truth. I can't deal with these other people. It was in May, James Woods and Jack Posebic, they were echoing Trump where Trump said Sweden should have locked down. Like, sweet, you know, Sweden's dying heavily, like way more than right. their Nordic neighbors. Right. And I started crunching the data. I mean, it was all public. Even the fake data they had was public data. And I go, even with the public data, this is not true. They had one bad day and they're still not even doing that bad compared to us and other countries. So I started pushing back and it was James Woods that said, you know, Trump, oh yeah, Sweden should lock down. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, the lockdown is like a communist jump off. And now you got Republicans saying that Sweden is bad because they have too much freedom and they should have locked down like America. And, and Trump's saying it. James Woods is saying it. And I felt like I was taking crazy pills because I'm like, is this a communist party now? And then people are like, shut up, Anomaly. You're just being hateful. I'm like, I'm I'm stuck in a house trying to get out of it. And James Woods is saying that Sweden should be locked down like America only because Trump did. And this is what you see with a lot of these influencers. They have no brain. Possibly. Well, I think they're paid. No soul. And they're, they're, Anomaly, they're just. Uh, I, I think it's worse than that. Yeah. I think they're paid. I think a lot of people, too, because I, you know, I, I'll only say what I can prove. Trump is a master marketer. And in the social circles and the influence, if you go against that or even question him or give him a real interview, you're going to be cut off from this massive multi-million dollar industry where you can do $50,000 speeches, hang out at Mar-a-Lago, exactly. take private jets. You know what I'm saying? Sell Trump merch. I saw Mark Dice, who I actually like, and I think he's uh, he's one of the better independent ones. But he said that he's like, you know, out of everything, it's all bad. But like someone told me that he was like kind of with Trump or like saying that he, he trumps the lesser of two evils. And I'm like, let me click on his store real quick. And like he's got like dozens of Trump shirts. So it's like, you know, you stop you stop that or like go too much. Into I, I, that, think, you I, can't look, make I think I think that's where the what's happened is all these people. It's an industry. It's a Trump industry. Right. It's precisely, it's not anything, you can't draw a direct line, but you're in the club. So, you know, in November of 2021, you know, I did, man, I think I got probably two hours sleep between November, uh, January of 2020 to December of 2022. We were exposing the lawsuit, the backdoor portal, Fauci, and then the entire thing with the elections. That's a lot of work, man. And if you remember in 2021, in late 2021, um, Something, you know, in 2020, in 2020, 
right in this room on November 4th, I had just exposed all the stuff in Massachusetts. I get a call from Mark Meadows. Never talked to this guy. So the White House is calling me. They got my number. And he's saying, Dr. Shiva, can you help us prove this election fraud? How can we you know, help you? I said, get me data. Okay. So they're supposed to get me data. This is the peak time, right? When you're supposed to act with urgency. Rona McDaniel's office calls me the next few days. Dr. Shiva, what, what do you need? I said, get me data. And then Eric Trump reaches out to me. If you go back and look around that time, none of them were giving me data anomaly. And I do a tweet. I said, dear President Trump or dear Mr. Biden, dear President Trump, I have unequivocal data that the election systems are compromised. That tweet got 33,000 retweets. And that's when Eric Trump reaches out to me from the Trump campaign. So you see three different organizations are calling the leading expert in the world on elections. And they claim, and they were to, the, to their crowd, to them, the affiliation was, oh, we're with Dr. Shiva, but they never gave me any data, man. And then Trump raised a half a billion dollars which save, save America on election integrity. Okay, fast Where forward. did that money go? I know Cernovich always says, where did that money go? Well, he always you, tweets that. I'll tell you where it went. So in November of 2020, uh, few, uh, October, uh, if you remember all the hearings were going on in Arizona, I was like one of the key witnesses. Uh, Trump and his office call me and they go, Dr. Shiva, wish you luck in the hearing. The night before he had endorsed a guy in Massachusetts who was part of the election fraud here. And I said, look, I really don't want to talk to you. The next day I get an invitation from Trump to come to Mar-a-Lago. He had done this big rally and he said, I want to thank the great computer scientist, Dr. Shiva, for all the election integrity work. And I was so pissed, man. So I get that email. 99% of the ass kissers would have said, oh yeah, I get to go to Mar-a-Lago. I had my assistant write back. We said, we respectfully refuse. You just endorsed a guy who supported election fraud. And we didn't go. I was down in Florida a couple of weeks later and a bunch of my friends are like, you know, Shiva, you're too tough. You should give Trump a chance. He may be a good guy. So anyway, we got another invitation. So we drove up to Mar-a-Lago and we meet with Trump you know, in his small office. And what I saw was a frail old man. I didn't see a fighter at all. And in those two hours, Trump took most of his time taking notes. What was my messaging? Oh, that's a good message. You're so brilliant. Thank you very much. How can I help you? What can I do for you? He must have asked 20 times, what can I do for you? Because everyone's sucking up to him. I said, I don't really want anything from you. I said, what can I do for you? And when we left that meeting, we felt like this guy has no one who's there for him. A woman called Susie Wiles came in and out of his office, who's really his handler. Go look her up. She comes from Ballard Communications, which is a deep state PR firm. Trump is an actor, everyone. Robert Kennedy is an actor. Elon Musk is an actor. And if you follow all their threads, they go back to a guy called Ari Emanuel. Ari Emanuel owns Endeavor, which is the formerly known as William Morris Agency which is the agency in Hollywood. If you want to become somebody, you better be an agent. You better, your agent better be Ari Emanuel. Ari Emanuel owns the biggest Hollywood agency. He was Trump's agent. He was Obama's agent. He is Joe Rogan's agent. Look it up. And Ari Emanuel owns UFC Entertainment. And then he just bought WWE, another entertainment for the masses. He owns the platform of theater, political theater, right? Hollywood theater, UFC theater, and literally WWE. All of these people are actors. And you have to come to that conclusion. Elon Musk, look at his businesses. He didn't create Tesla. 
PayPal was a dis his his version of PayPal was a disaster. Okay, so they have to boost him up as some great genius. He isn't. All of these people are paid actors for the swarm. So you give up your dignity. That's what this is about. And when people awaken to that change will occur like that. And that's a revolution overnight. It's raising of people's consciousness to understand, wow, it's about me. The leaders are going to come from me. I've been bamboozled. Why am I listening? Why am I even giving Kennedy one iota when you have the March 20th fact in 2020? When you have the fact that he endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, when you have the fact that he had people jabbed in his own home, that he's literally saying this and doing another. And when people come to that conclusion, I'm telling you, change occurs overnight, like water going to steam at exactly 212 degrees Fahrenheit. In the book, System and Revolution, that's what I say. I define what is a revolution. It is a phase transition. And it is a raise, in this case, it's a raising of consciousness. And that is what we're trying to do. Our goal in running our campaign, Anomaly, is, wow, I can't believe this guy. Everything he says is true. He's a good human being. We've never seen. What can we find out about him? Go look at my whole history. I'm fully transparent. Come, come to my home. Hang out with me. Bring all the TV cameras you want. I got nothing to hide. And they haven't seen that because they've been used to people... Public integrity is one thing, personal integrity. You can be Trump, you can bang all these prostitutes, you can pay them off, and the evangelicals are voting for him? Are you fucking serious? This guy's not a man of God. So the level of stupidity is coming from ignorance. And my goal, if there's one goal I have in this, is to raise people's consciousness. If people understand the science of systems, if they understand that you have to look at their words and their deeds, period. It's the age-old wisdom that it comes back to. And that's where we're at. And the good news is, Anomaly, I, I still exist. And guys like me should not exist. Guys like me should have sold out 20, 30 years ago. But I never fucking forgot where I came from. I will never forget my grandparents within a little hut with nowhere to, you know, very little food. I'll never forget those great teachers in New Jersey who sacrificed their lives getting $10,000 a year to teach me chemistry and math. That's who I have loyalty to. So I have loyalty to none of these people. You're cooking. I want to, I want no rush. Cause I'm in no, absolutely no rush, but I want to ask you, uh, and, and we could go on, but maybe the last question about your presidency. So just a few questions and I'll let you attack them all. I know, I know you could take three or four at once. Um, one, you're running for president, right? Uh, I like you. I'm glad you're out there just challenging the status quo. You know, it's it's an insanely nearly impossible task from where you're coming from. Do you really think you have a chance? That's my one question. Another thing is I saw your last video that you posted something about. I'm not sure where you were born, but something about the laws of natural born citizen. Right. And running for president that. And uh, we'll just start with that. You know, what, what do you think yeah, about those so, two? Because as much as I like you, I'm like, that's going to be a real tough yeah, task. So, to, to challenge so anomaly, yeah. everything I've always done has been tough in my life. You know, by all accounts, my parents, you know, and I want to talk about this. And, and it, look, India has a caste system. Let's talk. Start there. OK, because it'll it, it's directly connected to this. I don't think most Americans have any idea what that is. OK. Um, the N word that we're called here, right? There's a word in India called Shudra, okay? When I was growing up, that's what I was called. And so when I was a child, I remember my earliest memory, four years old, and I didn't know any of this stuff. I was playing soccer with a friend, and I and I, remember, I go to his home, 
his mother basically called me the N-word equivalent, told me to stand outside and gave me water in a really disgusting looking cup. I wasn't allowed to come into their home. And it just really bothered me. And I never understood this. It, it, you know, as a child, you're like, what the fuck? This kid's my friend, you know, and this mother's yelling at me. I went home and my mom said, oh, yeah, she goes, whenever I used to go to the well to get water, they would say, get away, you pig. Okay. So India has a caste system that's existed for centuries. It was going away when the British, at the time the British came, but they reinstantiated it. The old model of the caste system was, okay, you were a good carpenter. That was a guild or you were a good plumber. Then when the caste system came, they forced your son to be a carpenter. If you, cl if you clean toilet bowls, then you were supposed to be a toilet bowl cleaner. And they literally had names for these occupations and they created castes, okay? The top of the caste were Brahmins, the kings. I'm sorry, the priests. And within the Brahmins, there were Nambudri Brahmins, which are the Brahmins of the Brahmins of the Brahmins. And then you had the kings, the, the warrior class, the business class, and then the untouchables. No one would touch them because they were dirty people. And so we were the bottom of the bottom. The fact that my parents made it out of that, do you understand it was impossible? My dad didn't get his first book until he was 12, 12 years old under a mango tree. My mom got a math degree as a woman in 1940 when women were supposed to not even do any of that. Okay. My mom's dad left her when she was eight years old. In India, that doesn't happen. So I've come from very interesting parents who are fighters, man. So they've always had to go against the impossible. So the fact my parents made it here is quite extraordinary. 99% of the Indians here are people like Vivek. Okay. Bougies. Brahmins. And he's a Brahmin of a Brahmin. No one wants to talk about this. Same with Kamala Harris. Him and Kamala Harris have more in common than he and I do. Literally. That's how different it is. Okay. So now I'll give you that background. So I've always had to, you know, when I was in the other video I put up is when I was in seventh grade, I've always been kept out of competitions, dude. I was a number one student in seventh grade. I, I, I aced every class. They wouldn't allow me to compete in an exam to figure out who was the best student. My mom and dad were furious. They went into school. They go, what are you doing? I mean, he's, you won't even allow him to compete. This is why Joe Rogan and all these grifters won't even put me on the stage because I'll fucking blow away Robert Kennedy. <laughs> when they see me, I'll, they'll, seriously, I'm saying this with, you may call it arrogance, but it's a fact. It is a fact. So I've had, to, they've actually kept me out of competition. It's like, this is a thoroughbred. We're not even going to let him compete. That's how they're going to win. And so my parents went in and my dad went in. It was a predominantly Jewish high school. And he said, you're about to create a Hitler. Do you guys understand that? They go, what do you mean? They go, well, you're keeping my son out. He's got A plus on every exam and you won't let him compete. So anyway, my life has been like that, man. So now let's talk about the naturalized citizen. You have to study it. Remember, ignorance is a cause of all suffering. Step one, first fact, the FEC 99% of American citizens don't know this, has already ruled in 2011 a naturalized citizen, which means I'm not born here, my parents aren't born here, can run for president and raise money, period, okay? That's the agency which controls all the elections. Now, let's go to this natural born thing. The natural, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 of the United States Articles, remember there were the articles and then came the Bill of Rights and then we had all the other amendments. First thing people need to understand, hopefully they weren't smoking too much when they were in high school and didn't study history, but people don't understand the Constitution is a living document, okay? 
if we just stopped with the articles, well, that means you're all gung-ho for slavery because the articles say women cannot be president. It says men, okay? Article two, section one, clause one, outlines the qualifications. You have to be natural born. You have to be 35 years of age and you have to be here, I forget, like 20, 30 years of resident, okay? Natural born was never defined in the constitution. It gets even more interesting. The Maryland legislature said honored, uh, passed a law saying that the Marquis de Lafayette, who was what? French. And all of his heirs are natural born citizens. Think about what I'm saying. It was never defined. All right. Then you had the first and the first Bill of Rights. And then you had a very, very important amendment, which was as important as the First Amendment, which is called the 14th Amendment, which basically said in every state you have the Equal Protection Clause. And what did that say? The Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment laid it out very clearly that in a state, you cannot have two tiers of citizens. You cannot say, oh, blacks are lesser than whites, right? You cannot have two tiers of citizens. In fact, you cannot, you cannot separate a naturalized citizen from a native-born citizen. Do you know what it would feel like if someone said, oh, you're less than a natural-born citizen? Why should that be? Because the Article 2, clause, Section 1, Clause 1 was done at a time, you have to go back to the time when matters, it was done at a time when though it was a fledgling little country, we were afraid the king would put a prince here and they would become president. That's not how it is now. Now you have natural born citizens who are selling out this country to other countries. I would argue immigrants who come here are much more patriotic, okay? But the 14th Amendment was passed. The 14th Amendment abrogated, which means repealed, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. Why do I say that? There's been multiple court rulings which have said you cannot in any ways, it is, what it say, invidious, which means such egregious violation of the 14th Amendment to say a naturalized citizen is different than a natural born. This has been already decided by the courts, okay? And moreover, you know, in Bowling versus Green, the 14th Amendment was also reciprocated to the Due Process Clause, which is the Fifth Amendment, which applies it at the federal level. So what have I done? So the first thing I want to do is it's a civil rights issue right now. Why should I feel any less? Why, according to the law of the land, it is unconstitutional to stop me from running for president. It's unconstitutional. So I have filed a declaratory. So we have, as you know, we have about 300,000 volunteers all over the world now in our movement. Okay. We have leaders in every state. The so in, or in the United States, I have to get on the ballot anomaly, right? In order to get on the ballot, you have to get signatures. In Massachusetts, we'll need 10,000 signatures. I don't know what it is in California. Uh, in Florida, it's around 100,000. And when our volunteers get those signatures, they're gonna go to the secretaries of state. The secretaries of state, who are most of them are dumb, don't know the law, are ignorant. Ignorant is maybe perhaps a better word. They're gonna say, oh, wait a minute, he's not a natural born citizen. Well, they don't understand the 14th Amendment. So I filed last week a federal lawsuit that I'll be representing myself in federal court which is called declaratory relief. And it's a lawsuit against Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States. We want the court like Brown versus Board of Education. Remember, a black girl should be allowed to go to a public school. This brown guy should be allowed to run for president. It's already there. We just want you to enforce the law. So we have filed a declaratory relief to Merrick Garland saying, look, here's a law. In fact, the number one leading legal scholar in the world on this, Paul Clark, 
has already written a review. It is unconstitutional to not allow me to run for president. So we're challenging that. Is it impossible? No, it's a law. Are we going to have to educate people? Yes. Do we have to educate people why Fauci was a scumbag? Yes. Was it impossible? Of course. So, so bottom line is, it is unconstitutional to not allow me to run. The FEC has already given the agency opined on this, that I can run. If I couldn't run, they would have taken my FEC1 form, thrown it in the garbage. FEC2 would have gone in the garbage. Okay. The only thing they've ruled is saying you cannot get presidential matching funds. Okay. That's it. So that's so, the law. Yeah. So the you're challenging this idea that you need to be born in America because you weren't born in America. So you're taking it to courts and trying to say that it says that you can run based on what amendment? 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment is the Equal Protection Clause. It's already been, there's been 20 court cases where people have tried to discriminate between a natural born citizen and a naturalized citizen. And the courts have said, you can't do that. There's something called the 14th Amendment, period. There's not even like a black and there's not a gray area. It's a period. The problem is we don't educate people anymore on this stuff. So again, I'm going to have to be the pioneer again and we're going to do it. Okay. And that itself is going to be quite fascinating because there's 22 million naturalized citizens in the United States or hardworking people who've put in more than natural born citizens. You know, the birthing people come and leave. Okay. Um, I don't really like that, you know, but the bigger question anomaly that my case is going to bring, I think, is going to be, what is a citizen? Like, what is a citizen? Like, you, you're born, and then you hang out in the country, and you just live, and you don't fight for anything. Is that a citizen? You know, you fly in, someone from China flies in with their person pregnant and leaves and goes back. Is that a citizen? Or is a citizen someone like Dr. Shiva, whose parents came here, they've been here 30 years, they worked their butt off, they created trillions of dollars of value and innovation for this country. And the law already says it's unconstitutional to discriminate. Article 2, Section 1 was done at a time when we did care about foreign spies coming in. Well, I would argue Biden is a spy and he's born in the United States. I would argue <laughs> Trump is a spy. You know, I would argue Robert F. Kennedy has sold out this country. So we have to go back to the fundamentals. I would argue most hardworking immigrants who come here are probably 50 times more patriotic than the average natural born citizen who has forgotten the power of the first and second amendments they've forgotten it so it's going to be an interesting ruling uh, i'm interested well we're going to take it all the way if it well it's going to happen because when we try to submit our ballots if they say that we're going to take it all the way to the supreme court but think about what i'm saying i'm fight it's a civil rights issue and I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I mean, there's a lot of people born in this country that don't like the country. There's a lot of sellouts. And I think it's been so long that, it, yeah, the, I don't know that. I, I could see it backfiring, but it's not if, if that never passes. I don't think that everyone born here is loyal to this country. I, I think that's quite clear. I guess one thing I have a question. You said that Trump was sleeping around and stuff, and it's crazy that Christians uh, support him. You know, some people in the comments I was just reading, mo I mean, most people are saying Shiva's on fire. They love it. But some people say he's got a dirty mouth. He curses too much. You know, why should a Christian vote for you with, with your potty mouth? No, I'm just kidding. Well, let's, <laughs> but let's some talk people about don't that. like no, that. Let me talk about, I would say that I'm probably understand the Bible than most Christians. And I don't say that to be mighty and righteous. Let me say what I mean by this. Okay, very clearly. Seven days before Christ died, people should go look at what he did. What did Christ do seven days? And if you actually study it, and I did a great video on this on Easter, he took a freaking whip and he whipped the shit 
out of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And Christ didn't do that once. He did that multiple times. And Christians do not want to talk about this scene. Oh, well, that was just an anomaly. The Vatican sure doesn't want to talk about this. Okay? So let's fucking talk about this. Okay? And we need to talk. And Christians need to wake the fuck up. Okay? Don't talk to me about my mouth. Let's talk about this. Who was Christ? Yes, there was a spiritual aspect of Christ, but don't deny the fact that Christ was a revolutionary while he was here. He fought for the masses of broad people. Okay? He was one of them. He wasn't fucking Donald Trump and he wasn't fucking the Kennedys. He was one of the people. And what he noticed was the Romans weren't the real enemy because you had the Sadducees, right, who ran the Temple of Jerusalem. And before you could go into that temple, this is so fucked up, okay? You, you had to buy their animals there to sacrifice. So you had to pay a fee. So there, this, these temples were being run as money-making ventures. So he went and, you know, pissed on them, beat the shit out of them. And we should talk about that. He did a cat of nine tails. Now, the Sadducees were like the Walmart. Okay, they were like the central church. Now, the Pharisees were running little 7-Elevens, okay, the smaller churches. And they said, oh, wow, Christ is on our side because they saw him. We'll befriend him and he'll, you know, take out our competition. Christ hung around the Pharisees and he realized these scumbags were the same. They all talk the name of God, like a lot of these evangelical Christians do, like those of you who are commenting about my cursing. Because if you have a problem with my cursing, I believe you need to do the right curse word at the right time for the right person. Okay? <laughs> and you should curse and you should teach your children to curse properly. Not all the time, but at the right time. And so Christ didn't curse all the time, did he not take his whip? But then, seven days before he, he died is when he attacked the Pharisees. And you follow the timeline all the way through. It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the not so obvious establishment, would then collaborated with the obvious establishment that Adam annihilated. And that's what we're talking about. The real enemies right now, right now, is not the Bidens and the Fauci's. It is the Trumps. It is the Robert Kennedys. Because the establishment knows people want a serious change. They want leaders like me. They want independent podcasters like you. Okay. And they're done with these people. So they see that coming, just like they saw. They, so what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we'll pull out this fool, Robert Kennedy, and we'll pull out this other doofus, Trump, who'll talk <laughs> a good game because he's got all these Christians convinced. I mean, go look at his life. That is not a Christian life. And don't tell me you forgive and you show the other cheek. You know, you got you to gotta repent and you have to pay for your sins. And he's never paid for his sins. Robert Kennedy has never paid for his sins. And so these people aren't Christians. And if you're a Christian, wake the fuck up. Don't talk to me about Christianity when you don't even know what Christianity is. Do you like, because I know you've done a lot of lawsuits. Did you, I think you, did, was it Gawker? Did you get in a lawsuit with one yes, time? Or? Yes, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. Well, real quick, I just, and you can answer that question in this, but like, you know, some people avoid confrontation. Me personally, I'm very competitive. I like sports and I'm, I'm just not a pushover. So like I will when I have to. But with you, you you get into it a lot. Do you enjoy it at this point? Like the fight, like no, that man. keeps the fire burning in life or, or you just do it because you have no, to? No, a very good friend of mine, Mitch, who's a good, you know, he goes, Shiva, most people don't have not walked in your shoes, man. I never wanted to fight. It's like sort of the, I've had to do this, man, to survive. Think about you're the best kid in school and you're not allowed to compete. What are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? Anomaly? What would you do? So others haven't had that journey. All right. And you go journey after journey after journey. I went to India. OK, on a Fulbright. Another story in 2007. 
I was appointed by the Prime Minister of India to run the biggest innovation center. I said I'd do that for two years. In the middle of that, I find all this corruption. Most people would walk away. My father-in-law at the time said, Shiva, shut the fuck up. You will become one day the Minister of Science and Technology. You got a big bungalow. I exposed all the corruption. I had to leave in the middle of the night on a train crossing the border of Nepal and made it home. And you can find out about this. When I was at MIT, I was the one who exposed the president of MIT. On and on and on. I hadn't had to do this, man. I do it because when I was 12 years old, and Amelie, since you're asking me something very personal, I'll get personal. When I was 12 in 1975, my parents are coming here in 1970. So we're living in, what was it, Clifton or Patterson, New Jersey, one of the poorest cities in the United States. I go back to that small village and I see my grandparents with nothing. Bare feet, they got nothing. And, I, and, and I'm leaving India and I'm at the train station. They had those old caboose trains, right? And my grandparents are on the outside of the window crying. And I realized how much these people loved me. And they everything they had done was to make sure my dad would get educated. And I realized in about 24 hours, I would be in the number one wealthiest country in the world. And what would I do with my life? Would I make something of my life for them? Because it seemed really fucked up that they were such hardworking people and they could basically afford very little food. So that event set the trajectory of my life that I would never sell out. So that's who I am. And where does it come from? I have no idea. So when you ask about Gawker, when you ask about the invention of email, yes, a 14-year-old boy in Newark, New Jersey, created the first email system. It's not even gray area. It's black and white. I took the entire system, converted it, named it email, got the first copyright, never was brought up to be a humble Indian. Most Indians are taught up to be humble, right? When I came to MIT in 81, I was on the front page. I invented this email system. Fast forward. Now, since you want to talk about Gawker. In 2011, my dear mom was an amazing woman is dying of pulmonary fibrosis. She never told me. She has three months to live. In a beautiful suitcase, she had saved all of the computer code, all of the copyrights, everything. The senior editor, Doug Amet, the Time Magazine, the only journalist who did his job, looked at it. He goes, wow, you invented email. I go, yeah. And he goes, I got to write a story about it. So go look, November 11th, 2011, front page story on Time Magazine, the man who invented email. Three months later, the Smithsonian contacts me. I didn't reach out to them. I didn't want any of this publicity. They reached out to me. And they said, oh, my God, you have a treasure trove. Would you like to donate it to the Smithsonian? I said, I will. Under one condition, you make an exhibit and you let the young people see it because they need to understand that innovation occurs. I did this in Newark, New Jersey. I didn't have to go to MIT. OK, so on February 16, 2012, it goes into the Smithsonian and a wonderful reporter writes a story called Dr. Shiva Idre honored as the inventor of email, a young reporter. Overnight, this fucking racist piece of shit says, this guy, that's what he is. Because if I was white, blue-eyed, and maybe my last name was Einstein, I'd be on every stamp because the facts are obvious on this. It's not even black and it's not even a gray area. He says, this guy's a fraud because it was like a new skull was found in Africa. And this had to be put down. So overnight, I'm teaching a course at MIT for free, running my company. So all this shit comes out. This guy's a fraud. He's an asshole. He's a dick. One report said this curry stain Indian should be beaten and hanged. Did I ask for that anomaly? A curry stained Indian should be beaten and hanged, and I can show it to you, okay? And when I share that story, 
people are like, holy shit. And this is not 1952. This is 2012. And for four, and, and people are like, ha, 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 you invented email, bullshit, Al Gore. It's like, then I realized, wait a minute. I have fought all my life, you know, for others. And I had to go deep down into my soul. And I said, wait a minute. I have to fight for that 14-year-old boy who didn't invent email. And I was trying to find lawyers. No lawyer wanted to take it. And in 2014 or 16, I found a lawyer called Charles Harder who had just sued Gawker. Remember Hulk Hogan had put out the tape. Uh, sorry, Gawker had put out the tape of Hulk Hogan banging his wife's best friend or something. And he had just won a $140 million lawsuit against Gawker. And that was under appeal. So I called up, did a cold call. And I brought in all the facts. And Charles, a very, very smart attorney, he looked at it and goes, holy shit, you invented email. He goes, this is even gray area. He filed a lawsuit on my behalf. Didn't ask for a penny on contingency. And this is a Beverly Hills lawyer, man. They get paid 1200 bucks an hour. Takes on the lawsuit. And after we file our lawsuit for $35 million, Gawker then claims bankruptcy. Now, here's a karma. That's why I believe there's a great God. I get appointed the chairman of the bankruptcy committee to, to shut down Gawker and to sell them. All the three articles are removed, and I am given about a million bucks. None of Wikipedia changes. Wikipedia has locked my page. How dare this guy say he's the inventor of email? I've been forced to fight, man, because I'm not a Vivek. I'm not a Brahmin, okay? And people need to get that. Yeah, I got you. I mean, it's just like fighting for survival. You're not a pushover. And I think that well, you're someone that is fight because when you don't fight, it was a journey for me. It was a four, it was it was a journey you go through. And I've talked to women who've been raped. Initially, they think I did something wrong. I, I, you know, and they have to go through this journey where you have to go into your soul and you have to recognize that your being also matters. And it was far easier for me, man, to fight for the food service workers at MIT. It was, and I had to rethink myself. I said, wow, it's easier for me to fight for those people. And then a very good friend of mine said, Shiva, credit matters. And why? it's not about you. Credit matters because you're teaching the future children. Where does innovation come from in that case? It doesn't come from MIT. I didn't need to go to MIT, Anomaly. I randomly found out about MIT because I went to, again, this very, very lot of my friends in that school were Jewish. But Jewish people think they're the chosen people of God. And I was the only dark-skinned Indian kid there. So I won everything, and no one told me about MIT. My mother had helped these two homeless women, one of them who had a friend, two weeks before the MIT application. He goes, God, you won the math award. You're number one out of 900 kids. Why don't you apply to this place called MIT? And I go, what is that? I thought it was a mental institute. He brought in the brochure. It said Massachusetts Institute. And then he wouldn't leave my home until I filled it. I took a pencil just to satisfy and fill that I get accepted came to MIT and I saw these crazy people, man. You know, I was a center half on the, you know, I was into athletics. I said, I ain't going to this place, this place is nuts. Then my physics teacher who was actually in the Holocaust, she had those numbers on her. She goes, oh, you should go to MIT. My son is there because the high school would get credit. So that, and I came for one reason, Boston. And the day I landed at MIT, I learned systems. I created the student newspaper to fight the administration. So my whole life has been fighting, man. And it's not Got because you. I wanted to do this because I've had to. 
It's definitely better than backing down. We appreciate it. Any, Where can people find you? I always enjoy talking to you. I let you riff, man, because I know it's a stream of consciousness. I know it's real and passionate. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do in the next couple of years. I'll be watching on Twitter, even if uh, you know they're suppressing it. I, I still see your tweets a lot of times. So thank you for joining. Thanks for the info. And uh, where can people find you? And by the yeah. way, for my audience, I'm going to let this rock on Facebook and YouTube. But if for some reason they try to censor or if it looks like they're going to, uh, my podcast is on Apple and Spotify. I have a rumble. I have a bit shoot. And if that it looks like the path, then I'll just chop up certain clips and lead people there. But uh, this this uh, full interview will live on on Rumble, Bitchute, uh, and, and Stream Rare podcast. So if if it, they look like it's going to so so trouble. first thing I want to say anomalies. First of all, uh, thank you. Okay, because I saw some of the stuff you were doing. You know, uh, retweeting Kennedy. I was like, shit, is he falling for Kennedy? So I was a little bit concerned, but I'm glad we had this conversation. Okay, and the first thing I want to say is that it's guys like you. And the future is going to be the independent podcasters, not the Rogans. All these guys are bought and paid for. So that's the first thing. I want to invite everyone to support the independent podcasters all over the world, number one. The other thing, I want to give very simple action steps. You know, um, every Thursdays, people can go to shivaforpresident.com slash town hall. We'll have Heather send you some of these links. But every week, I host a six-part podca- uh, six town hall, healthcare. Our healthcare platform is we teach you how to boost your immune system. If I win the presidency, I know the presidency is corrupt. I know the legislator is corrupt. I know the judiciary is corrupt. I will use that megaphone to, again, keep training people. The government ain't going to do shit for us, man. We have to take control of our health and boost, take care of the immune system. On the environment, uh, we go through what you can do for the environment, support your local farmers, uh, and education, how you can do system syncing. But every so Shiva for president.com slash town hall. The other thing. I want people to do this is a simple thing. We all work for a living. We don't run nonprofits. You can go get this bumper sticker and shivaforpresident.com. You put this bumper sticker on the back left of your, the back windshield window, 100,000 people see it. The future is offline. The future is offline. Everyone can go to shivaforpresident.com, volunteer and help us get on the ballot. If you want to donate, great. By the way, Anomaly, when people give me money, I actually give them books and knowledge. We give them back equal amount of stuff. It's a concept of reciprocity. I can never take like a beggar money man, I just can't do it. So I give back people a ton of stuff, okay? And people should go see that. But the other more important thing is, you know, it's taken me 50 years to put together a curriculum, a community. We have close to half a billion people now throughout the world. They know what we did in 2020. We have a half a million people who've, who've gone through the Warrior Scholar program. People should go to truthfreedomhealth.com and you can contribute whatever you want, but you can become a system scientist, more with all the knowledge that a Henry Kissinger has and a George Soros has, in fact, any PhD. And you don't have to be, we have a a woman, young woman who's a hairdresser. She is teaching this course to economics professors at at University of Chicago, okay? Sorry, a guy graduated there. It's called the learn, teach and serve model. My goal is to bring like Prometheus did fire to the earth, but it's the knowledge of system science. So shivaforpresident.com, truthfreedomhealth.com, get a bumper sticker, get us, help us get on the ballot, but recognize that it's time to shatter the swarm. It's time for one of us. It's time for us. Truth, freedom, and health. Truth, freedom, health. They're all important. I know you said you give back and there's nothing wrong with making money, but like you sell courses or something, right? Like you don't just bring people there. Yeah, well, no, no, no. So you, make, you we, make money. Right? The way we do it, Anomalies, we actually, I wanted to give it all away. No one wanted it. Okay. 
So we do is we tell people you can pay nothing. You still get a portion of the course. You pay 25 bucks, you get something and or you can pay a hundred bucks. When you pay for the course and you take it, you have to be an adult. You can give it the same course away as to many children as you want. We had someone just give it away to about 200 kids. So that's the free piece. If And if anyone can't afford it, write to me. I'll give it away. But the thing is, what I learned was when I try to give away free shit, oh, must be garbage. So when I used to teach the course, I used to teach it at MIT. People used to pay $100,000 for it. No one can afford that. So we've had to figure out a model that is, okay, I'm going to charge you something. You get the knowledge. Now you quote unquote valued because of the brainwashing that you've gone through. But after you take it, you can gift it. Um, I went to back to our village in India and he gave it away to 1500 kids. So just remember, if you take the course right now, Anomaly, you could give it to every kid in California as many times as you want. You could give it to a million kids. You see? So the goal is my mentor, Jay Forrester, said the future of the world is going to be children learning system science, even before reading, writing and arithmetic, because system science shows you the interconnections. It lets you look at the elephant as the elephant not the parts. CNN just shows you the tail. Fox News just shows you the tusk, right? And this is why Turning Point USA is a reductionist model. They just show you pieces. And that's what all of these establishment media people do. They don't want you to see the elephant. So that's what the course teaches you. It teaches you the nine principles of systems. When you learn it, you can apply it to be an aeronautical. You can do anything with it. It's like the quantum of knowledge. You should take it, man. It'll, knowledge, knowledge has value, but just, just to be honest, when last time I tried to interview, you're like, come to my course, come to my course. Like, I, I feel like you're always trying to sell. If you need you know, it for free, like, it, it's a mark, it's a marketing tactic to be like, I'm giving some of it for free. And like, no, no, everyone, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you're not, no, no, no. let me be very clear with you. Trying to sell me if you course. can't yeah. afford it, tell I me can. we'll give it away. Seriously. Yeah, I can afford it. I'm just saying that's a marketing tactic. I like it's, I'll it's, give it, it away. It, it, it's twenty five dollars for this free. No, no, I'm but sure it actually, made a lot a lot on it. There's nothing wrong with no, it. No, but no, I'm no, just but saying I, I really like I really have pitch. to correct you on this because it isn't. Because if you take it, you can give it to as many children as you want. Okay. Yeah, and if people pay me for my course, they could give it to kids too, but they gotta buy it first. You know, it's a good marketing But if people don't want to pay the hundred and they can't afford it, we'll give it to them. We've only had three people who were so destitute and we gave it to them. But the issue is we used to run it here for nothing. If people want, if people want to take it and finish it, we'll give it away for nothing. But we found this really weird thing that people don't want to do anything unless you charge them something. That's the only reason, period, period. I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Everyone deserves to make money. I like you. Your platform's well, always open to well, me, whether I don't, it's 2020 now. But I want I want to say this real quick. Yeah. Cause when I was trying to, I went in the the Twitter stream and and I was like, you know, what do we, you know, what do you think about this? And you're like, the answers come to my course, come to my course, come to my course. We I'm invite, trying to interview you and you're telling me to come to the course. I'm like, I'm trying to give we you my invite platform. people to come to the orientation. There's not orientation. Yeah. Yes, which is there's no there's absolutely and you can come as many times. But if people do not want to take the course and they cannot afford it, they can just send me an email. And in fact, for three years, we should just do it for free and no one would show up. Yeah, I don't. I, there's nothing wrong with setting a price, especially for the knowledge that you've worked hard for. We, and to we, teach people. But, but what I'm saying no is this, this knowledge. And let me let me put it this way. My grandmother was a village healer in our village. OK, and let me tell you, this is I'm glad we're having this. My uncle became a doctor. OK. And he came back to that small village in India. Once you graduate, you go back to your parents to get a blessing because, you know, it's a good thing. 
So he came back to my grandmother, my uncle, and he said, you know, I want your blessing. And she said, I will only give you a blessing under the following condition, that if someone came to you and they're so poor and, you, and, and, and they have no money and, and you need to heal them, you will do it for nothing. So in the tradition of knowledge and healing, you're supposed to charge nothing, okay? And when I did this, that is the way we did it. When I was teaching at MIT, do you know how much I got paid for a graduate level course? No. Zero. Elizabeth Warren got paid $300,000, okay? So I wanna, if, if everyone listening wants this course for free and they cannot afford it, they will get it. But what we found was in this environment, like, cause I've made a ton of money in many other things, but it was that reciprocity we wanted to do. It's a model where the individual becomes a philanthropist. So when you take it, we want you, part of the thing is we want you to give it away to kids. And that's what we've done. So it's a very different model that people are not used to, but we want, yes, we will push. Hey, you got to understand the science of systems. Why? Because if you don't, you're going to say, well, maybe Kennedy said some good things. That's the only reason, man. The reason people have been bamboozled since 1980 to today is this lesser of two evils because they do not understand the science of systems. And once they understand the science of systems, it becomes clear. Holy shit. Trump's going to screw us. Holy shit. Where we are in history. That's where that comes from. So I, I think any sort of course that educates you, teaches you something, there's value there. Yep. And I understand if you try to give it for free that no one does it. I'm just saying personally, at, like uh, I like you, but it, like everything was just trying to lead me to the orientation. It is. I'm, like, I'm trying to I'm Definitely. trying to interview you. Yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> but, but the but the goal is to bring people. Look, you're doing this and I don't know what your model is. My model is as a educator. What is my mission on this planet? My mission on this planet is to make sure people are not deluded. And the only way is, I can only say, hey guys, if you wanna really get out of this, you can complain about Trump, you can complain about this, but I wanna teach you how to be your own leader. And if you don't do that, then stop complaining. And I will push you, please come, please come, please come. If you don't wanna come, you don't have to come. So it's true. Right. I agree that people need to be their own man. And I think the elites take advantage of people because they ask to be taken advantage of. And I think one of the main things, there's a lot you could learn from Shiva, is a man who never backed down and a man who never allowed them to be taken advantage of. And that's why you aren't taken advantage of. But if you're a man and you don't have conviction and you just kind of float in the wind, you will be taken advantage of because you're not standing up for, for yourself. Something that obviously Shiva told the story. One of my favorite people to talk to I think one of the most unique Americans. We appreciate you here in this country. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, yeah. Since, since you brought that up, yes, everyone come to the orientation. <laughs> no, hey, you, you know, get cool it. We had man. very last thing. You know, yesterday we had a very last week we had a guy, a medical doctor from California. I think he was from Orange County. He said, "I saw Joe Rogan's show with Kennedy, and I was so enthralled by him. I was gonna." give him a lot of money. And then he goes, somehow your video popped out where you're attacking Reagan, Rogan and Kennedy. And he said, I saw the video and it goes, I had cognitive dissonance for two days. And he goes, I came to your orientation. Okay. And that guy flipped. So think about, it. I don't have as much access as Rogan, but me inviting him to our orientation, he saw 250 other people from all over the planet. So that's the only little thing we have, man. So come to the orientation. You should come, man. I'm, I'm not mad, but it's like I'm trying to interview you. You say, come to the orientation. I'm like, you come to my orientation. What is it? And the, uh, you, <laughs> It's right now. Oh, this it is? is? It. Yeah, it's a, jo it's a joint. It's a Sheepa anomaly orientation. What is it? We're orient 
No, it just right now. Oh, oh, oh I see. Present oh, okay. moment orientation. Oh, I'm just messing around, but okay. No, I, I appreciate you. And uh, man, there's a lot, a lot there, man. I love your passion. I love yeah, your thank energy. You, Anomaly, and and uh, we yeah. have a lot of people in California. You know, if you want to get involved, help us get on the ballot, let people know. But getting on the ballot is going to be in every state. No one's ever done it for an independent candidate. That's going to be like, if we do that, man, which we're planning on doing that itself is like a bomb went off. So that's some, well, yeah. Yeah, feel free to reach out whenever. And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe at some point I could like host a debate between you and someone. I'm sure everybody hey, would be why afraid to you debate do you, but I would love to see hey, hey, dude, why don't you do this? You challenge Kennedy and me to a debate. I can't even, I'm trying to get Kennedy just to come on the show because, you know, I'm going to be nice and compliment the things I like, but I will bring up those tweets and those sort of things and kind of try to see where his head's at. So I've basically been, I'm not going to say rejected, but, you know, kind of like they're too busy. And I know people who know him too. So I've been trying to just, I, I can't even get an interview, let alone a debate, but trust me, I would, I would love both of those. We'll, we'll see what we could do. I'll be in touch. I'll be following you. Just reach out to me whenever I'll be watching your campaign, the, the court case with the natural born citizen all really interesting and I think groundbreaking stuff. You're always breaking ground. You're always doing something different. And uh, man, it's it's great to hear from you, especially when you know all these grifters and losers are just sucking up the leftover scraps after they were nowhere to be found in 2020 when it mattered. And I know you were there leading the charge. So I, I'll always appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, normally the next show we can do is on AI. You know, for 20 years I did AI research. I have a very interesting solution to what's going on. If you want to talk about it, it's sort of it's ahead of its time. Yeah, it. for sure. Because brains are being sucked up, you know, and, so, and, and private companies are going to own people's brains, essentially. And there's, that's there's, our next chat, AI. Absolutely. Right. But yeah. So we, we should, if you want, we can do a follow up on that. I have some sort of some interesting insights on that. Message Pardon me, man. email me any anytime, my friend. You can come on my show, vice versa. Always a pleasure. And and thank you, brother. As I said, guys, Rumble bit you, uh, Spotify, Apple. He, he dropped a lot there. So I don't know how Facebook or YouTube is going to handle it but it, it's this this video and this podcast will live on in full format zero censorship so appreciate you thank you be well be the right. thank you dreamer podcast guys check it out on all platforms we're out bye-bye hey all right everyone that was my uh video with anomaly so to let everyone know um you know we are first of all you know to what are the actions you can do as i said go to shiva for president get one of these bumper stickers um, the future is offline. So please go do that. The other thing is volunteer. And by the way, if you donate, we give you lots and lots of educational gifts. So get involved in that. The other piece before I sign off is I want to um, play a, a very important video um, that is me uh, wanting you to get educated. Because if you don't get educated, nothing's going to change. Because ultimately, major change occurs when we have revolutionary change, when an individual's thinking goes up. So I want to play you uh, two videos. Let me play you this uh, but I call it the video that really gets you understanding what is truth, freedom, health. And so um, let me play this video, hopefully inspired you. And I'll come back with some final points and a final video. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left-wing, right-wing. 
There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you've got to learn politics, and there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not-so-obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not-so-obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you, on the left and the right, the Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you, the Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhealth.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics. And I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. Now, the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there. 
but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhelp.com. All right, everyone, as Anomaly said, uh, we just finished up that interview. Every Thursdays at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., um, we're obviously very passionate about inviting people to our orientation. You just go to vashiva.com slash orientation. Get involved because uh, we need to move beyond left and right. And it's very, very hard for people initially to understand the duplicity of how you have the obvious establishment and the not so obvious establishment. And that understanding can only emerge if you have some training. Uh, systems. But the important thing is we have an incredible community of people globally. Um, so get involved. The other uh, thing I wanted to wrap up with for all of you is you can um, also get involved in our campaign. We have a wonderful campaign video and I'll finish up with that. And so I wish you all well. Keep an eye out for our future interviews and podcasts that'll be coming. We have some great, great interviews coming up. And also any of you, if you know some good independent podcasters, if you know good people right, that you think are good, you can just email me and you can take my email down, V-A-Shiva, V-A-S-H-I-V-A, at V-A-Shiva.com. So if you know someone who's a really good podcaster and you say, hey, Dr. Shiva, th there's this really good guy, you can reach some um, really cool audience, let me know because we want to support independent podcasters. We don't want to support um, the swarm, we call the swarm of podcasters. And all you can do is, let me just put my email out there. Just email, I'll give you my personal email. It's vashiva at vashiva.com. Let me just post up there. So so there you go. So you can email me at vashiva at vashiva.com. If you say, hey, I, I know this guy is a great podcaster. Um, you can do an introduction, but let us know. Don't just send me some random guy, people that you know or people that you like or have some relationship with. So that's something everyone can do. It's a very tangible way of getting our word out because obviously uh, the Rogans and all these people, and they, even though they follow us, they're very, very afraid of putting us on because they know we'll get massive exposure and people will wonder why these people didn't put us on before. Anyway, please come to our, um, uh, our, uh, our events that we have this Thursday coming up. As you can see right there, it's below. And um, let me play our uh, video for you that I hope all of you will enjoy here. So let me hide this and um, let me play that video. And I, I wish you well. Thank you. Be well. Who would have ever thought I'd be running for president of the United States of America? I was born a low caste untouchable in India's caste system, a system of aristocracy, oppression and racism. My name is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm an MIT PhD, a Fulbright scholar, a scientist, engineer, entrepreneur and inventor. My family and I left India to come to America on my seventh birthday. I grew up in the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey, playing baseball, mowing lawns, painting houses and coding software. My friends and neighbors are blacks, Italians, Irish, people of all races. As a 14 year old, I wrote 50,000 lines of software code to create the world's first email system and was awarded the first US copyright for email, recognizing me as its official inventor at a time when copyright was the only way to protect software inventions. I did that long before I ever came to MIT, revealing that big innovations can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. Growing up, I saw politicians dividing us by race and religion in both America and India. 
to have us fighting each other while they remain safe in their gated communities and in their playgrounds of Hollywood, Martha's Vineyard, and Silicon Valley. I'm a fighter. I fought racism and exposed their imperialist wars, fought for workers and put my life on the line against global corruption. I never wanted to run for political office. All that changed when I saw working Americans as never before being duped by the establishment and the not-so-obvious establishment. Across left and right, we were being sold out and made to forget why we came to America and why America existed. Lawyers, academics, billionaires, celebrities and politicians, elites, Clintons, Kennedys, Bidens, Obamas, Bushes, black and white have hijacked America. They printed trillions for their friends. They delivered crumbling infrastructure, corruption and racism. They've transferred trillions to themselves, dividing black and white, fear-mongering and fake science, lockdowns and censorship, dirty air, food and water, pushing drugs upon us, making us sicker. We've been sold out, one set of rules for them and another for us. We deserve a warrior with a history of courage in putting everything on the line for you, who believes in you, not them, who has created a movement bottoms up for truth, freedom, health. I've exposed their lies at the right time never waiting until it was popular. I've exposed their false gods who exist to lead you back to them. I've exposed their fake science of lockdowns and masking and provided you solutions to fight them and win and protect your immune system, saving millions. I expose Fauci, galvanize the fire Fauci campaign when others remain silent. When they stole our election, we sued the government and Twitter in our historic 2020 federal lawsuit, exposing in bare view the government and big tech censorship infrastructure the unholy alliance between government and social media companies. Where was Elon and his grifters? They stood by the sidelines and did nothing. They did not use their megaphones to help us when it could have made a big difference. Now our movement grows for truth, freedom, health, independent of all of them. Every day millions are learning the science of systems, the knowledge the elites do not want you to have, so you may learn how to think, stand up, and fight, independent of the establishment of left and right and their fake heroes. Now it's time for you to join the movement to win back America, to win back truth, win back freedom, win back your health. That's why I'm running for president of the United States. This race is about you. This race is about truth, freedom, health versus power, profit, control. We've had enough. They think we'll fall in line and vote again for their lawyers, celebrities, billionaires, and chosen ones from above. We choose our heroes from below, from the rank and file who do what is right at the right time, not when it's convenient and popular. They can never represent us. What America needs is a movement by the working people, for the working people, who are educated, organized, decentralized, and fight for independence from their systems of control. And that movement exists. It's ready for you. We don't need them. We need us to go bottoms up, neighbor to neighbor. My journey, your journey, are all the same. It's our time. It's time we had one of us. It's time to win back truth, freedom, health to win back America, be part of this historic movement, all the way to our victory on November 5th, 2024. If you're an American citizen, pledge your vote now for Dr. Shivaya Duray, the independent candidate for U.S. President. No matter where you live, you can be a part of this. Volunteer as little as 20 minutes a day. Don't delay. This is Dr. Shivaya Duray, and I approve this message, paid for by Dr. Shiva for President. All right, everyone, I wish you well. Be well, be the light, and let's win this fight. Thank you. Be well.